Hello and welcome to EX Dragon Punch, the official podcast of the Ohio fighting game community. I am your host, Shalom Pretzels, and today we have a very special guest for you. Our guest today is a local fighting game player from the city of Cincinnati, Ohio, who is very prominent in our Street Fighter V community. In addition to being one of Ohio's strongest competitors, both in Street Fighter V and various other titles, he is also the former host of the Midwest Movement podcast and has also helped to stream and TO Queen City Fights, as well as a few Dragon Punch Online tournaments. Today's guest, of course, is none other than Ultimate Vitality. During our conversation, we talked about the return of offline events with the recent conclusion of Combo Breaker, our thoughts on coaching in the FGC, as well as how fighting games have played a very critical role in Vitality's life, both as a competitor and as a family man. With that out of the way, please enjoy this episode with Ultimate Vitality. bit of context here who who are you uh and why are you here (laughs) (laughs) uh i am ultimate vitality primarily a street fighter 5 player but i play literally any and every fighting game uh i've been playing fighting games since i was about four i i can never remember what was my first fighting game but it's between soul edge version b uh, yes, I remember the version. Uh, <laughs> MK Trilogy or uh, Super Street Fighter 2, the new challengers for Super Nintendo. It was between those three games. Or even, no, if I was four, yeah, I was four because Tekken Tag 1 hadn't come out yet. That's 2001. So, yeah, it was between around there. And I've been playing fighting games literally, as I said, my entire life. I entered the FGC in... 2010 with super because all it takes is one person to uh be like damn how can i beat this guy and you look up and i remember i remember my exact my first youtube search and it was a uh because i found out what an ambiguous mix was and i was like does guy from street fighter 4 have an ambiguous mix and then from then on it's, it's it started from there so the rabbit hole has been entered yeah, basically. Oh, but yeah, that's basically uh, me. I've yeah, like you said, I've helped out with uh, Midwest Movement a, a tad bit. That was when I was super grinding heavy for content, um, and just helping people out. But that stuff, I don't want to say it's it, that ship has sailed. But I mean, every now and again, I get the urge to do content for Midwest Movement and my own content. But you know, being a a dad of two is kind of hard. You know, to do everything you want to do. But uh you know what would have been a good opportunity to do a Midwest moving episode? Hmm. You re- yeah, you breaker. recently attended one of the biggest <laughs> fighting game events of the year, Combo Breaker 2022. And the Midwest and especially Ohio was prospering then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, a funny thing, I deleted like I emptied my phone to do exactly that. Mm. But it slipped my mind. It completely like because I it's, it's my Combat Breaker twenty twenty two was literally like the family reunion of the FGC because we all haven't seen each other in like essentially two three years. Right. And when you're like when you're like and then you're playing on top of that and then like you know like Sneerful he was doing photography like you know that's his you know that's his job. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm a player. So then when I play, I'm there to play. But then afterwards, I forget. I everything was like, whoop! I'm not doing that recording. I'm doing nothing. I barely. I took one video of Combo Breaker, 
one. That was day one. I was like, oh, hey, here's the venue. And it stopped. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I know that um, the competitor was actually there at um, at Conbreaker because he's been slowly working his way back into fighting games lately. And he was able to do like a bit of a blog, but unfortunately he was also having uh, some vehicle issues as well during the event. So a lot of his time that weekend was kind of occupied by that and also mm-hmm. Combo Breaker. So would have been nice to see. Basically now I have to remember whenever I see any of you guys go to an event, I'm like, all right, dude, any of you have content ambitions going in advance? Because I might have to remind y'all. <laughs> because I, I know I definitely was like, yeah, I'm going to do this one, dude. I'm going to probably get like maybe one or two interviews with people. Like mm-hmm. that was also Cor- that was Corey's first combo breaker because he got fucking blue balled for like five, <laughs> five years. years. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that it was a great it was a great experience. Um, I hit my goal, I made it out of pools for the first time uh, at a major event, and I placed sixty fifth. And cool. bef- and before I was uh, before I, I was gonna do this because this is kind of impromptu. I was gonna stream because Corey recorded my matches with, with Alex Myers, Delzon, and Pen Knight recorded my match, my last match against Ramasama, mm-hmm. and I gained some I gained some very uh very bad news not bad news but but fuck it bad news about that match in particular because remember i was talking about the super the accidental super and i put my hands in my head Uh so apparently ron masama dropped his combo and i could have blocked after that i was at 10 percent. i was at like 15 percent. he hit me with stand like stan fierce and did like eagle spike and I had yet to watch it, so I, I don't know if they're trolling, but he hit stand heavy punch and did eagle spike, and it didn't combo, which means I could have blocked. So if I go after this, if I go in there and look, and I could have blocked it, I'm going to be so, so mad. <laughs> because I'm so, I was so fixated on the whiff super, like, I don't know how it happened. Mm-hmm. And then I put, you know, like, the classic, like, oh, man, I can't believe this happened. And then I just gave up. Like, I admitted defeat because I'm like, oh, it, it takes anything to kill me. Yep. And I just, and then uh, I am, I'm actually very eager and also not prepared to watch this. Because I want to recreate it in, um, like, just a super situation in, uh, in training mode. But if I see that he dropped his combo, oh, my God. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I'm, like my heart's racing. You best not do that whenever Corey's in the call because you know what he's going to say. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Hold down back. Bruh. Hold back Bruh. to block. <laughs> I'm, be so mad. I'm telling you, if I see that he dropped, I'm going to be so mad at myself. Because that's rule number one. Don't ever let go of the stick. And I broke rule number one. I was so mad. Well, I would argue oh. it's you let it go of the stick that also led to your whiff super incident. Just based on how you described it to me, it it, it seemed like... So, for, for con- give a little bit more context about this whole uh, whiff super situation. Because that was not your intended... Uh, decision at that moment so what happened was like, i watched a little bit of it but then i like my anxiety was like oh my god i'm reliving the moment so i stopped watching so like <laughs> it's like it's like ptsd i'm like no i don't want to watch it yeah i don't want to watch it so i um what happened was i he did something and i v i v shifted and i v broke him okay. so then he didn't he didn't quick rise so i did crouch jab and then i went for store and then the super came out Right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back sometime today and frame mm-hmm. by frame and see what happened. I'm thinking maybe like when I did it, maybe I rolled back mm-hmm. or something. But again, it's two course. It's course of the board back twice. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I know I went and I know I went forward. So I need yeah. to figure out what happened. And for context for people who aren't uh, super familiar with how Jury works in SF5, she has a store mechanic system where she can do core circle forward and one of her kicks and she gets like a fireball, she gets like a little spin kick and she gets like this little like flip over kick. Like overhead kick. Overhead. Overhead. Yeah, overhead air quotes. Um <laughs> and somehow in the midst of doing that motion once to i'm assuming get the fireball jury super was activated which is qu double quarter circle back kick so so one has to wonder what's in the sf5 buffer could have determined that that was the input that the game thought you wanted Something was telling me, like, I just wanted to add, because I know they were in the middle of pools, because I know you can save, you, I'm pretty sure you can save some offline replays, if I remember correctly. I know you can immediately view back the replay of the match you just played, and you can pull up all the inputs and stuff. Yeah, but I know, like, they were super deep, and, like, we, they were, like, we were, they were, like, trying to get, get done, so I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to ask to rewatch it, la, la, la. Yeah. Man, I was like, I need to know what happened, and I would, I probably would never know unless I frame by frame it when I watch this video. Yep, you're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to check the frames <sighs> with with a video that's probably 30 fps. Oh <laughs> 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 um, um, yeah, that was that was my combo breaker run. Run, I placed 65th. I did a lot better than I thought I was gonna do, but um, yeah. But my thing was like I went into Combo Breaker thinking I was like okay I want to make it out of pools I made it out of pools so I had I had no plans after that I was like you know what if I lose I lose but there's a difference between losing and being okay with it and then right. losing the way I lost I'm like right. there's if I was to like lose to like EXDP like if my store would have came out and he EXDP'd I'd have been fine like all right whatever but then my like it was the super and I'm like there's no way this just happened yeah you know what I'm saying and I'm like help <laughs> i was i was like oh and i went like this man's was i hurt in, man's was in agony and so, so i was like i went up and then i went down and i heard boom boom and you know since i'm not blocking it combos right yep so i just i just do this eyes are still closed boom unplug my stick get up hands are shaking and i'm infuriated yeah. so Ugh, pain. Outer Haven pain. Outer Haven pain. So at the very least, that was your competitive run, but how was the rest of Combo Breaker? As mentioned, this is probably one of the biggest return events since we've gone through this, I'm gonna put air quotes around this, post-COVID phase. That shit was tight. Listen, I you I don't know why you couldn't go. That shit Finances, was so but, you tight. Know. You yeah. hate it. But, uh, <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> but no, it was really dope. Rick always puts on a great event, a great, great combo breaker every time. And this venue is like I love. Like, I, I even passed by Pheasant Run Resort on my last on my last day, and it, 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 you know it's like man, you hate to see that it's burnt down like that. Mm -hmm. But this this venue is super nice. It's super big, and it's like you know it's got its own convention hall. Um, it's it's just it's just a great venue. Um, lot, lot more roomy. Everyone had, you know, they had their masks on. People were like, literally. Yes. I don't know if you got, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet, but Rick was like, I can't believe you guys are on time. Yep. Like the FGC was on time, like, bro. The like FGC they legit was on were not time. expecting everyone to be so timely and like there to try and get their badge, get in line for events and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, we were right. not ready for this. <laughs> 
and what's funny is in my pool we were an hour early so when i was about to fight dells on to get out of my pool they were deciding on whether or not i'm going to be after ben to uh, go on stream so i could have gone on stream mm -hmm. but they were like no go ahead and play it out because we were so ahead so we were like oh, okay we'll play it out i guess yep and um but yeah, other than that, the 5v5, oh my god. Ooh. Brother, I lost my voice. I was not playing <laughs> no games. Bro, you should, listen, I'm not going to say how much money I bet on it, but, you know, Corey and Dan know. But, uh... Profit. Yeah, oh boy, it was... That, I was on the edge of my seat. I think I grabbed Mustafa's when something happened. I'm like, and I said, I said... Ben, if I grab you, I am so sorry. I knew I, ha I had to release something. I had to release some kind of energy because everything was clenched. Muscles, hit neck, ass, everything was clenched. You hit my and man with a tasty Steve. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was, he, he was prepared, too. He had his hand like this, and I was like, okay, I'm going to grab. Like, so I'm going to stand up first and then grab him. So I, was like, I was like, ah! That, that was dope. Um, the 10v10 Tekken was dope. Every, like I didn't really watch everything, but I mean I stayed because I haven't really caught up with everything. Right. Um, mainly watched Street Fighter. Um, I tried to catch a Genesis on stream, but you know had to do other things because right. I did bring I did bring the misses with me, and she, you know we had to go enjoy Chicago and stuff like that. But yeah, other than that, I had a great time. I didn't get as drunk as I wanted because <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I I, did, I don't think I, I don't think I really got drunk. I was just hype, you know. And so, because, uh, yeah, I had to, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't drunk for pools, and I kind of didn't want to get drunk for day two either. But then after that, I'm like, okay, well, now what do I do? But other than that, like I said, it was a great event, dope venue. Um, I bought a lot of stuff, spent um, an unnecessary amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, not just at Combo Breaker, but just in Com uh, just in Chicago in general. Right. But, yeah, uh, if, if you're going to pick a tournament, I highly suggest anyone that watches this, sees this, if you're going to pick a tournament to go to, your first major, especially if it's your first major, mm. it has to be Combo Breakers. Combo Breaker was my first major in 2016, and yeah, I've gone ever since. Ever since. And uh, yeah, a lot of growth has happened there. Yeah, I am definitely happy to see like so many people in the Ohio FTC make the trip out to Combo Breaker this year. Because one thing that uh, I think like some of us have kind of forgotten, we were in, a lot of us were also planning to go in... 2020 like the exact like almost the exact same lineup and even some more people were planning on going in 2020 just because the circumstances lined up for a lot of us but then the pandemic happened and then the circumstances did not line up with us so right yeah and then i think that kind of stopped like just in general just the pandemic stopped everyone's momentum too because mm -hmm. like you had you had like me like i i think 2019 was probably my best year because i was on fire mm -hmm. um in 2020, I kind of stagnated because I was focusing on content and all this other stuff. But then I got burnt out because I was like, I can't be a competitor and do content the way I want to. Because I'm a, right. like, because pretzels know me. I am a perfectionist. I like to, if I'm if I'm doing bad as a competitor, I want to focus on being a competitor. But right. then there I get these days where I'm like, hey, I want to be, I want to, I need to start doing content because I'm streaming and stuff. But I have to focus solely on that, and I can't do everything. Like I said, on top of being a father that works a nine to five, yeah. So I can't do everything. So I got super burnt out, and I think that's what happened with everyone else too. They got burnt out of playing. They got tired of playing online, and everyone kind of dwindled and stuff. But mm -hmm. 
people stuck around, like, you know, me or Mistopheles, Core Jam, we all stuck around, and then it's all showing, it's showing now, because Corey got 33rd, Yep. He literally the most <laughs> lopsided seed <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous how Mance got away with, with murder. <laughs> literally just out here, like, yeah, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna glide by here real quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to give like a little bit of context, like we had like multiple people go for multiple different games. We have we had like a couple Street Fighter Five competitors, one very notable Killer Instinct player, one very notable K- King of Fighters player, and a vast majority of the people who went to Calm Breaker from Ohio made it out of pools and made it not only out of pools but also super far in bracket. Uh, Sneerful got top twelve in Ki. Ninth, he got ninth. Ninth, all right. Genesis DC tied for 17th in uh King of Fires uh 15. Corey tying for 33rd. You and Mustafa's getting out of pools. Who got the who got the first position between you and we tied? You tied because I know you two were in the same pool, and I was like, Yeah, we were <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like, if it happens, it's destiny. If it happens, then it's destiny. I would have loved that that got streamed. But the funny thing is, I didn't like because I don't really know how brackets work. But I've won, I've played more games than I think both Corey and Mustafalis. Mm-hmm. I I went five two. Ben went three two. And I think Corey went four two. Because yeah. I think that's just a thing where like when you're when you're on your winner side of pools, you're already guaranteed out. So even if you lose, you're already guaranteed to go into the next day. Mm-hmm. But me, I was fighting for my life. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm like, wait, Corey went five, went four two, Mustafa's went three two, and I'm like, I looked at my lens too. He went three two as well, and I'm like, privilege. So I'm, so I'm out here struggling <laughs> with a better win percentage. I'm kind of mad as hell. Like, what the fuck? Privilege. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, I should. I. I why am I not? way up there like it depends on like a couple of things like some like it depends on if you get like a buy it depends on like how early you get knocked into losers there's there's a couple uh, things that have, there's a bunch that's of that's affected that's what i was say i got not i got sent to losers second second round because i had to fight alex myers that mm. was pain mm. but uh let me learn yeah so as mentioned before you're a multi-game I don't want to say specialist, but you you you're 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 good at the fighting games. But you're most probably known for Street Fighter Five. Um, yeah. Most notably, Jury. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the bay. That is, I've tried I've tried dropping her and I can't do it. I don't know what it is about it's that the character. I just no, stop it. I don't <laughs> group me in with them. <laughs> don't group me in with them. I'm not with. <laughs> but um. I don't know what is it about Jury because I've like I've always liked the character. I, I, when I when she was introduced in Super, I was like, oh, I want to play that character. But you know, I'm like fourteen at the time, thirteen, maybe even younger. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I want to play this character. And I didn't know what Negative Edge was. I'm like, how do I, how do I hold these fireballs? I see people holding this fireball. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Then someone's like, Yeah, you hold the button, and I'm playing on pad, and I'm like, What? I can't do that. <laughs> So I stuck to playing Guy, then Guy, that, then Guy and Yang, then it turned into Guy, Yang, Sagat. Yes, I played Sagat. But uh, yeah, that's where, uh huh. Toward the end of Street Fighter 4, I started playing Sagat. Hence why I don't like people jumping on me. Because, man, 
But um, we have to tell this man to stop DPing sometimes. Very true. Because when I played <laughs> when, I, when I played Seth in, in in season four when he when he first got released, I had I was told I had a bad habit of DPing because Stan standing hard kick just did it for me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help myself. But uh, yeah, I played Jury since she released in five. Went back and played her in four. Realized how broke she was. I'm like, oh man, this would have been a lot better when I was 13. But um, played her. I started out as Karen in a in a timeline. I was a lore main. Mm-hmm. We you would have had two of those if I'd have stepped played lore. You would have had two of those. There's also a timeline where Corey was the cami main, and I also I choose to forget Ooh, that. Oh man, the, uh, the, there is a timeline ooh. for that. I I hate to acknowledge it, but it does exist. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm, he was always picking top tier too. Ooh, what a tier whore! But uh, <laughs> so yeah, when so yeah when uh, when Jury released, she was bad. So I kept playing Karen, and she got better and better and better. Then I eventually dropped Karen like mid season, like mid season two, and just chose to stick it out with Jury. And yeah, here I am. Uh, I've done a lot with the character. Uh, now I have I have a pocket like I have a pocket Seth. I have a pocket Ibuki. And uh, I also gained a new character that I would not spoil because mm. uh, mm, tired of losing. It's not the Zeku, is it? No, I did. Ha- I did play Zeku. I did. I played a lot of characters because I was, I was in that phase where I'm like, yeah, I don't like Jerry right now because I'm mm. losing. Yep. <laughs> and then you know, like I said, I played Guy, so I'm like, all right, let me play Zeku. And I do like Zeku. I'm. I, what's funny is you see, like how rushed down Guy was in four. Mm-hmm. Um. I like playing old more. I actually like playing old more. So I think that just shows my growth as a player. Like I'm not super because in four I was super combo heavy. I liked just I like seeing the number go up. But now I'm like, yeah, I want to like shut people down and I don't want people to do anything. I want you to stay way over there and uh force you to do stuff versus me going up there and risking my life. But uh yeah, she's a... Uh, in a better spot, and uh, if you all have seen the 5v5, uh, yeah, apparently uh, <laughs> we need to be nerfed. Yeah, whole less shit, West Coast. But um, We ain't getting another patch, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's in a very good spot now. She, she beats, you know, beats most of the mid-low-tier characters, but, she, you know, can fight the top tiers, some of right. them. But uh, she's, a, she's in a, like I said, just again, in a in a great spot and uh it took six years to get there which is kind of funny and sad at the same time it is what it is yeah we can't we can't all be like cammy or urian or rashid or karen oh. or, or luke yeah just broke <laughs> just broke all the time like bruh. you have no weaknesses i hate it here you just have to struggle <laughs> oh my neck old man Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it yourself. You used to, you used to do all this. You used to do all the stuff like the young man Zeku just rushing down all over the place. But now you're like, nah, I'm old. I gotta do the old yeah. man things. Yeah, my knees hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that you can't do now because you're old, you have a history in dancing, don't you? I knew this was coming. Yes, I do have a history in dancing. I was in a little crew for about from 2009 to 2015. We've done a whole lot in our in our city. We've been out of town, been in competitions, and then um, I ventured into. So basically, we went to World. Of, we've been in places like World of Dance. We've been to uh, 
uh, Hip Hop International, been a whole, and those are like the like the top two kind of events. Mm-hmm. And then I ventured, I ventured off, and kind of did my own thing. So I I realized I wanted to be like I wanted to be a b boy, which is like you know windmills flaring, and all that stuff. Right. And I I've, I've done battles. I've been in two v twos. I've been in uh, crew battles, and it's been fun. And same thing there. Like I've not I'm not super like I may have like a a certain like a main style. But I did a whole bunch of styles, so like popping, locking. I was like a footwork kind of guy, so like I did juking, I did a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I said, then I went into the cheer world, and their rules are different from like street dads. Mm-hmm. So then I went, we went on a little season where we literally won damn near every event that we attended because we were that good. And then we went to Worlds in the cheer and in the cheer uh, circle. That's the biggest like competition. That's like their, that's like their Capcom Cup. That's right. like their Capcom Cup. And we got top eight. So you make it to day one. Like basically day one is your pools, and then the next the next day is the 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 top eight the top eight uh, teams will dance will do their same routine, but then try to improve from the last time. They might make minor alterations there. But then um, we got top eight and we placed eighth in the world on our first go. So that's when I knew, like, you know, okay, I can kind of make something of myself, whether it be dance or in fighting games. Because around this time, I think MKX had came out and I was still an online warrior. I knew about my locals, but I couldn't get there. I was still kind of young. Not young, because 2015, Tristan was born. And that's when I had to, I had to grow up, essentially. So I had to stop dancing. And when I stopped dancing, I poured more time into fighting games. And so then as I got older, able to drive, do all this stuff, I started going to locals, started going to events, and here I am now. And I still look at dances, like look at dance videos from time to time. Like, you'll catch me. I'll just be sitting there just watching something. And I'm like, yeah, I used to do that. Every now and again, I get the itch to like do something. And every, sometimes I do. But um, yeah, asthma is really fucking me up now. Uh. That shit is coming back full force every time I try. <laughs> but uh yeah that's what i that's what i used to do and like i said if i ever lose this gut and get my endurance and stamina back up i will indeed go back and do it again because that's that was the that was the first love of hobbies that i actually poured a lot of time and work into you know yeah it's interesting how that's like how like fighting games and dancing were like your like two uh pivots and there's like a noble scene for both in Ohio and that's something I learned whenever um I went to Raj back in 2019 like we had like a really like big like rhythm game scene and then like I'm assuming it also like extends it to just just regular competitive dancing in general sort of sort of there's like a little interlap but most of like even like Ryan Hart so like there's a, or even Banana Gin really good dancers in just FGC, in the FGC so one of these days I was <laughs> I think I was talking to Jen about this a while ago. We were like, "Yeah, next event we're next event we're gonna have a cipher and we're gonna see what happens." Uh, and that snap. shit would have been that shit would have been fun if it happened at CB. But I guess we were just so caught up in the moment of just seeing everyone again that fuck all that shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, what I used to do. And um, like I said I'll probably go back eventually. Eventually, he'll, you'll see him on TikTok one day. No, see, don't do that. I would, <laughs> mm. Mm, I was a Vine guy, uh, <laughs> Vine uh, oh, Instagram oh, guy. Oh God! Uh huh. <laughs> the OGs. <laughs> oh, 
whole life just revolves around feet. So the name Ultimate Vitality, where does that come from? Well, you're not just gonna walk by that. It's just you're not gonna do that. First of all, principles, fuck you. But um, <laughs> ultimate, okay. Oh no, I have to tell this story. Okay, so hey. I'm gonna start with the non-cringe part first. So vitality is um, that was a word like I really liked, like because it just sounds like because it means health and like healthy. I'm not very healthy, but I mean I you know I promote like people to like hey take care of yourself, do this, do that, and um. I don't want to see people, you know, go or struggle because their health is bad. So I'm like, you know, I'm vitality. And ultimate is my favorite word. Believe it or not, it's like just my favorite words. Word. Word. Words are hard. Words are hard. But, <laughs> but so ultimate vitality and then it just stuck because it's a way better name the naruto the ultimate which was a better your name, name. <laughs> which was which was my psn name since 2009 <laughs> and it's still to this day and i don't want to change it because i think if you change it you lose trophies and i don't want to do that so mm. i think i don't know so i'm just not i just haven't touched it so i don't I'm just think not you do because i changed because i changed mine i was able to keep most of i think i was able to keep my trophies See, I don't see you don't even know, so that doesn't help I, me at I, all. So I, I don't play on PlayStation anymore. I barely compete. Why do I have to play on PlayStation same, same. if I ain't competed? <laughs> same. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't play on PlayStation anymore either. Fuck it. You can stay that way. I don't care. I like but yeah, that's, PS plus. <laughs> but yeah, that's where the uh that's where the name came from. And uh yeah, that was uh, the start of the name and I'm glad I got rid of that other one. Holy fuck, can you imagine? Well, then you would have just had to just embrace the weeb and just play ninja characters. Instead of playing Karen, you would have been playing Ibuki eventually. And then Zeku would have come out and it's like, all right, we just got these two. We can't go anywhere else. I'd have been an anime PFP on Twitter. I'd have been, uh, man, that's a dark timeline. Holy crap. Don't don't make me think of that. That's a dark timeline. (laughs) That's the timeline where Cell killed Trunks. <laughs> I don't want to see that timeline at all. <laughs> the the fighting game multiverse is full of vast possibilities. And I don't want to see that one. Oh boy, I don't. So as far as like competing in fighting games goes, you've been in the scene for, for quite a bit and it took you a while to to get around to joining the Cincy scene. When did you first start going to to locals and what was that first local experience like? Okay, so I let's start like this. So I first learned about my locals when I was looking up. I said Cincy fighting game tournaments. You know that's why I looked up on YouTube because we don't Google that shit. We look on YouTube. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so then I'm like, so I'm looking at someone like they were they, they were at uh, there was it was a, a venue before me. So I'm technically a I'm an OG now because now we're moving into a new venue this year. So I'm an OG. Mm-hmm. I'm a second. I'm a second generation OG, and um, there's a venue before that where they were watching Evo 2010, and they were watching the Gamer B versus Justin Wong match, and it was big. It was hype, and I'm like, I want to go there. So literally, like the next week, I said, Mom, can I please go to the arcade up in up in this place? Mm-hmm. She was like, No, like you, your grades are bad. No, well, like taking you to an arcade, and I'm like. So then I'm like, all right, let me get my grades up. I got my grades up. Guess what? Still never went. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) 
so then come twenty come twenty fifteen, uh, MKX is re- is released, and I'm playing Kenshi, and uh, I'm driving by this point, mm-hmm. and and I was like, all right, I know one of my a, a guy I used to know he uh introduced he he basically he didn't introduce me because I knew the local existed, but you know he was like, hey. We can go there. They they're going. They go to the college uh, that's here, like Cincinnati State, mm-hmm. and they go on like Wednesdays to play. It's like their sec. That's like the secondary day. So I showed up on the secondary day, and I'm seeing all these subs. I'm like, man, I'm actually out of out of damn local. Holy shit, this is fun. Yep. And at the time, I'm the only Kenjutsu Kenshi, so no one knows the matchup. I'm smoking people until I run the patch one. Aaron Black shit was pain. And then uh, I went, I've been going ever, and then I've been going ever since. And then I, when I went to the actual, like, uh, arcade, I see this big arcade. I'm like, I'm in heaven. I'm, uh, I'm in the gamer's paradise. I'm like, I'm, I'm finally, I finally made it to the FGC. I finally made it. You see what I'm saying? I made yes. it here. And um, that first local experience was really good. Uh, I met everyone. Uh, still friends with them to this day. Met uh, Some people fell off. Some people, some new people came. And, uh... And people realize quick that I like many fighting games, as we all do. Like, we all, in Cincy, we play a multitude of fighting games. Everyone has their main game, mm-hmm. but we all like multiple games. So, like, when Street Fighter started dying out, I started playing Tekken. I played Soul Calibur. Um, I played, uh, I was trying to play Grand Blue, but the online was cra- was trash. So, yeah. I was like, yeah, don't want to d- dig into that. Um... I started playing VSAV because we have a very like big VSAV scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, most and if I mo- and most of our most of vampire all of Vampire Arcadia, <laughs> damn near. I'm just saying most most of Vampire Arcadia is located in Cincy. So all those streams that you guys see for retro, that's not art. Is a is a is our guys. Yep. So every time I, I every like even in this pat like for this past Humberger, I go in there and see how they're doing. And they're running everything nice and well, and um, big shout outs to Vampire Arcadia, Zach, Zach, and uh, Alaris and them. Yeah, good yep. job, guys. You guys are really out here grinding. Yep. And um, yeah. So that's basically what that is. And like I said, I've been going ever since. I was called a community gatekeeper at one point, um, yeah. which is funny because I played, uh, and I, I don't think I've seen that guy ever again. Well, you, you gatekept him. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, we it was at one tournament. I forgot his name, but we were at one tournament, and I entered one game, and we played. I think well, yeah, it was Tekken, and I and I smoked. Him. He was like, okay, whatever, GGs. Then we played BB Tag, and I played BB and I played BB Tag, and we ran to each other again. He's like, you play this game too? I'm like, yeah, and smoked him. Bye. Um, <laughs> And then uh, he unfortunately joined Street Fighter Five, and uh, <laughs> it was it was even worse because he didn't know that was my main game. He's like, "Damn, you're really good at this one." I'm like, "Yeah, this is the one I actually play." He was like, "Man, I, you're you're you're, I, you're a community gatekeeper. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I see you everywhere." And then, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "I mean, you know, GGs. Like, I mean, what do we do? Like, <laughs> it, it is but, what it is." But uh, yeah, most of most of uh, since we play we play multiple games, even though we have our main one. Like, I played Fexel, I played MKX, played MK11, yep. KOF 14, 15, and thirteen to a little degree. To a little degree. But uh, so yeah, 
just since 2000, 2015, I've been showing up to locals. So Ohio is a very awkward state to travel through. Like all the major cities are like either on the corners of the state or it's jabbed right in the center. And even then that center city of Columbus is like two hours plus away from like everything else. So how'd you end up finding out about like the greater Ohio FTC at large? Looked. <laughs> Dude, I, I think what happened was, um... I found out because I was in a Facebook group just randomly of five frames of glory and uh, not allowed, you know, whatever. So then I found out about this, this regional called Ground Zero. So that is how I found out about Outer Haven, One mm -hmm. Life to Play, and yep. found essentially you guys. Right. And then I uh, went up there, played my, I, I'm still playing Jerry. I think I got eighth my first time out. That was the year I lost. I was going up there. Remember that? Do you remember that picture I have with my Panthera? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, yeah, that was the only picture I have with that Panthera. So, uh, because on my way to that tournament, I was so nervous and wrecked and hectic because Tristan was a baby at the time and he was whining. I'm trying to get ready to go drop him off. Oh, God. I think I and, that story. and I leave my stick on top of the car mm. and i thought i put it in the car mm. I, I drive i don't hear it fall i don't hear anything so i'm like all right whatever i put i drop off i drop off uh tristan and, and amber i go up to cleveland which is a three at three and a half hour drive look for my stick i'm like where's my stick Call back my uh, my apartment complex. They don't see it anywhere, not in the property. And I'm just like, I came all the way out here and I don't have a stick. <laughs> so I borrowed one of the other Cincy guys' stick because luckily he was up there going for Exert. Okay. <laughs> and he has he had like a tough spring in his shit. I'm like, oh my god. But guy, I, I, I should be fine because he played Johnny. So I mean, fair. Yeah. But I'm like, holy crap. And like, it was, I was trying to DP. I was like, God. <laughs> but that's how I lost my Panthera. And I never got another one again because I just think I'm cursed. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, just, I'm like, whatever. Uh, God, like, the, so, the, 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 arcade, the arcade stick for in me dies a little inside every single time I hear yeah. that story. You see, for me, no. I, for me, I'll just like leave a bag of Chipotle on the top of my roof, and it'll be fine. Like I'll, like I'll mm. maybe like drive around the corner, and it's like still there. I'm like, oh, all right, let's grab that. But uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and I was stuck using my T2 with the fucked up cord. It mm. was painful when I got back home. I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> the struggle. Oh, man.
But that's how I lost. That's how I found out about the scene. And ever since then, I've been in the Outer Heaven Discord. I've been playing like you know, Core Jam, You, Big Boots, Met, um, like Big Boss and Sella, and I've been in there since and uh, been super helpful a little bit to just the Greater Ohio scene, trying to help players get better, helping you run. <laughs> Uh, DPO a little bit, saving one tournament damn near. Mm. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, I'm still bringing that up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so, uh, and, you know, I'm just here to help out my, basically, basically the community as much as I can. If someone needs help with a game, I'll learn it and help them or, you know, hey, anyone want games in this obscure game like jojo heritage for the future i'm like sure because i play the game yes i do play that game again i play multiple shits so i can play anything if i'm really if i really really want to yep like i said i just want to be uh just that guy that can be you know that can always play anything for anyone at any given point in time some call him the gatekeeper others will call him the bracket filler (laughs) because because lord knows sometimes we need him (laughs) yeah there's, 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 I've always been, every time DPO happens, hey, hey, Austin Key, can you enter DPO, please? We, we have like seven entrants. We, ah. we, we have seven dudes. We need to get to eight. For no, for no other yeah. reason. It's not a prize for anything. We just need to get to eight. It's a nicer number. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sure, fuck it. And then as soon as I enter, all of a sudden the Hitman's entering. And I'm like, oh my God, now I gotta try. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. You see, if you're not there, then there's no competition. I know. You got, I hate it. You got to make a good show for the people. Because Corey, he enters, and then, like, towards the end of end, end of registration, he'll de-enter. Yeah, practice Yeah, <laughs> be, and, I'm, and I'm like... I'm like, all right, whatever. And then and then all of a sudden, I, I look at, like, it's, like, 7 p.m. And I'm like, all right, let me look at the bracket. Hit, man. Wow. Yeah. Sadness. Yeah, the, gets in place every time. <laughs> the, the the DPO arc was a very special moment in Ohio's history, um, mm-hmm. and I of course have like a ton of stats for for, for things on like the SF five end of things, and we'll probably do a, an episode of the podcast devoted to that at some point. But just real quick, kind of like deviate over to some of your accomplishments with uh, DPO over the course of uh, Dragon Punch Online. Which, if you aren't familiar uh, with it, if you're watching this from a platform that isn't the YouTube channel for some reason, uh, Dragon Punch Online was an online tournament series that was initially started in Akron, eventually spread to the entirety of the Ohio FGC. It's just a way to keep people active over the course of the first initial like two years of the pandemic. And we ran that for 64 events, almost consecutively weekly. And SF5 was like a main game throughout about all of it uh so so out of like the 63 of those 64 times we've run sf uh ultimate vitality over here has won three times three times okay i had a feeling it was between three or four yeah since he has like five wins you make up uh three of them and then the other ones are split between i think hornet i think hornet uh, yeah the other ones are, are hornet hell yeah good shit chris i forgot that's the goal <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, so uh, those were fun. Um, Pret- uh, I'm gonna say this real quick. I know Pretzel still he still hates me and uh, Crosscut for taking up all the time in DPO. I think me and Crosscut probably have the most time in DPO <laughs> uh, <laughs> because <laughs> so, so so much match time. 
And he couldn't stand it. He's like, hey, we won't. Um, but always says, he always like, oh, I want good Street Fighter. And then we finally give him good Street Fighter, but they go the distance. And he can't stand it. He can't stand it. When me and Listen, when man. Me, Corey's <laughs> out here trying to get his sweats. He stopped being a T.O. past 10. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Crosscut are like, we're in winner's finals. We're, we're last game, last round, playing neutral, running the time, running the clock. We meet up in grand finals. He resets the bracket. Or I reset the bracket, and we're doing the same thing. And then we did a first to seven, and it was going the distance. And I could hear the the commentary is so funny. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're still going. They're just going back and forth, back and forth. Bet your channel points, Foot, footsies, <laughs> Akuma things. They hated it. Something, it something. <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. They hated when me and Cross the play. They're like, oh. <laughs> We're gonna be here forever. Agony. <laughs> but yeah, uh, DPO was a was a great was a great thing to keep the scene kind of energized. But then slow, like the first like three weeks were really good. But then people started falling off, and then eventually you just had the regulars like me, Core Jam, Chancho, uh, Pen Knight, and Green you know Ranger, just yeah. The, yeah, Green Ranger, Kaiba, Sega Saturn, all those guys, and then. Um, I think one time we had Tega, which was weird. Uh, that was for the charity event, I believe. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we opened up for just that one. Yeah. So um, because connections outside of Ohio are not always a good thing. They're not, but at the same time, I mean, we can we can pre we can do we can do a Midwest to East Coast. We can do some East Coast. Yeah. But um, other than that, like it was great. It kept, like kept my sword sharp burnt this out really like as much as i love dpo and what it's done it did burn all of us out mm -hmm. so i was thinking like maybe the every week thing was a kind of a mistake but um maybe if it was a monthly it would have been better monthly or, every nice. two week, or two every two weeks maybe just something not every week you if know? we had started out every two weeks then i think it would have been good because we did eventually make the switch to bi-weekly and then there was like a bit of and like then there ended up being done. that dynamic of is there dpo this week is there dpo not this week and then like that extra low you're making fighting game players think more outside of bracket and whenever you have to think right. whenever you have to make them think more you start to lose them Mm -hmm. And then by that point, I think everyone was burnt out and the damage was done by that point. So then we stopped, you know, we stopped hosting them. Right. right. So, I mean, things, and you know, things happen. When the flames settled, only Guilty Gear Strive remained. Basically, yeah. <laughs> they blamed everything on the setups. Yeah. <laughs> the Ohio to see oh. knew that they could not control the pandemic. So instead of <laughs> reflecting on themselves, they blamed the deck code. Yeah, we definitely did. <laughs> we definitely did. Like, this game sucks online. We hated it. Uh, that was hilarious. So yeah, so D DPO uh, Matchstick Melee Online uh, did a really good job of like just kind of bringing more of the Ohio scene together over the course of the pandemic. But there was also another series that was run during that time. A series that you helped to run. God damn, I forgot about this. Holy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Say it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so <laughs> so in addition so in addition to Matchstick Melee and the good old folks at DPO, we also had a series called Queen City Fights, which 
initially started out as a tournament based around, or at least like started and run by the, the crew over at Cincy, but then also escalated into a grudge match exhibition series between some of our state's players and some people that they might have a little bit of Twitter beef with. Yeah. So it started out with as a tournament because we I want I wanted the Cincy folk to have an extra tournament, you know, whatever. So just to have something else because at that point it was like a nuclear arms race for fucking online tournaments. So everyone had a tournament. A yeah. grandma had a tournament. It was mad weird. <laughs> and um you know, and I'm like, all right, I want to do this. And then I realized, like, you know, it's just turning into DPO contestants. And I'm like, okay. And this is with now, it was me and Headache when me when Headache was uh, in the FGC, like, proper. Like, he's, he's he's like, in and out, checks in every now and again. Yeah. But it was me and him. And he, he ended up kind of running it more, like, running the stream after I taught him, you know, how to, like, do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then then turn into the grudge matches, and we were like, "This works because now we don't have to do it every week. We don't have to do it every two weeks. Mm-hmm. If someone has beef and they want to, they want to have a set. Excuse me, they want to have a set. Then we it's just a not impromptu, but hey, we'll schedule it. Boom, boom, bob, and then yep. grudge match happens. Yep. And then you know, uh, we've had Mister Mustafles, who was very prominent on the grudge matches, because by that point. Um, I'm pretty. He, he was trying to prove himself, and but also try to get more exposure to Queen City fights and mm-hmm. just the grudge matches in general. Yeah. But um, he had a whole bunch of scores to settle with, like Cody Mayer. There was also like Cruel Onraj, mm-hmm. um, myself. I only appeared in one, um, and I think yeah, it was mostly uh, Mister Mustafalis who was in the grudge matches. And uh, I think we had uh, one Laura play. Yeah, Shidoshi Tony was in there once mm-hmm. against Nitrozonic. Yeah. And I think the, the first one was uh, THTB versus Mustafalis. That was the mm-hmm. first one. That one was the one with, like, I don't want to say actual stakes, but, like, it had money on the line. I think that was, like, right, the right. first. I think that was the first and I think only one that had, like, money on the line. I think so. But um, that was, like, the jumpstart of it. And uh, ever since then, you know, we've been doing grudge matches. But then it got to the point where, again, everyone is burnt out of playing the game. They don't really care about their beefs anymore or right. they're trying to focus on other things. And then, you know, people stopped, stopped requesting grudge matches. They stopped uh, stopped watching. And then Headache got burnt out from streaming that much. And then I was super busy with, you know, the kids and stuff. Eventually, we just stopped. And we just we said we were on hiatus. But I mean, I want to probably bring it back maybe in the future because now it's be like since offline is be coming back, everyone's returning and trying to do their own, like trying to get back into the competitor mindset. Mm-hmm. But um, just playing online is hard and difficult, especially in Street Fighter Five. We've also done uh, we we've done one other grudge match for Soul Calibur Six, but um, that was between two of our Cincy guys and um. We're trying to branch out. We were, I was thinking about branching out, doing other games, mm-hmm. but um, I will have to see if uh, people if people are, will be interested in grudge matches once again. Because yeah. I do want to bring it back. Same with the Midwest Movement. I want to bring back the podcast and stuff like that. But it all takes time, and like I said, trying to do all of that for the community, and then on top of my own content is a, like that's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go. Da- I don't want to go down that path again of being stretched too thin and trying to do a lot when i can't right so 
because I as much as I like doing a lot of stuff, I like good products too. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to have a bad product just because I was able to do it, you know? Yeah. Because then that puts a bad. I think it looks bad on the scene. Because if I put out a a fifteen minute podcast, that's not a podcast. It's just you know whatever. It's a conversation. It's a conversation, right? And it's just you know. And if I do like a grudge match for a first to five, and it, that's like I'm wasting an hour's worth of stream time just to, you know, do a first to five versus when it could be a first to ten, and I can delve all this time into, and that's just a waste of everyone's time, you know. Mm. And that's what I don't want to do. Yeah, we talked before a bit about like some of your initiatives with content. One of the th- the projects that you've done, the Midwest Movement. Was a, was a project that I took a lot of notes from whenever I was especially forming the like foundation of, of this podcast, especially. What were some of the lessons that you learned from that project? And if you were to go back and revive it, what are some things that you would maybe do different? Where is my phone? Because I still have my outline for Midwest Movement, the podcast stuff. If I can find my phone, I, I have like a list of people, list of questions and stuff. So yeah, I have my phone. Um, yeah, I can see actually. Yeah, last edited December twenty eighth of twenty twenty one. So I had I had core I had core jam. Yep. I had uh, I had specialists. Um, and then I was trying to get a whole, a whole bunch of other people. Like I was even gonna get I was gonna get Space Cake, Hitman, um, like Sheena, uh, Dual Cabin underscore Big Boss. THTB, THTP. I think he has to. He has the longest one actually, because he's been in the scene longer than me. Mm. And I wanted to ask, you know, before the before times. Yep. So, and uh, you know, I also wanted to get. I wanted to get uh, comatose as well before he retired. Um, and I wanted to get you know Zach in the box, the founder of Midwest Movement. Mm. But um, also, uh, shout outs real quick. Shout outs to um, Mike Yaru. Rest in peace, my brother. Um, you, you know, we're sad, sad that we, we, uh, lost Mike Yaru, um, be very, uh, prominent Miss Midwest guy, super love, like lovable dude. But, uh, if, uh, if this does go on in you know, the podcast, you know, since we're talking about the Midwest movement, I just think it's best to pay my respects to Mike Yaru and a lot of people even, uh, went to combo breaker, you know, representing and uh, even putting Mike. I think Mike Yaru, he even got a shout out by St. Cola. So mm-hmm. there was that. So uh, I've had all those guests on there and I had like a couple other, my, that was mainly my thing with the Midwest movement. I wanted to just be like the podcast guy, but um, so much has changed over like over the years. Like granted it is 2022. That was last edited like seven months, like eight months ago. Mm-hmm. But now everything's different. Cause now the topics, like for example, I was going to talk to space take about XO Academy. That's long past. That's right. long. That's how long ago that was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even remember going back to um to like listening to the podcast that you did with Corey just for researching for an episode that I will eventually get around to doing with him. And just to give you like a quick rundown of some of the topics he talked about, like some things that were mentioned, amateur Street Fighter League. Not oh, not boy. not not even like I think we were on like the eve of the last qualifier. I don't think we even had like the full qualifier set yet. Uh, we just got a first announcement for Project L. No gameplay yet. This is far before the gameplay times. Feels like six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It feels so far away. Yeah, it's so long ago. Like, but that's how much has changed since like like 
pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, and it's just, you know, now I have I want to, I want to go back and revise this list because now like you know certain people don't play anymore or like like Coma like, like even though Comatose doesn't play anymore like I do want him sorry I do want him on the you know the show because now he's now that he's on the outside. He can like go from his experience, like not now from a competitor, but now from a former competitor, which is I think a better insight to how his how because now that it's fresh, I don't say fresh out of his mind, but he has a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Like just competing in general, maybe he can give a different opinion about when he was playing. You see what right. I'm saying? Yes. But I think I think it would have been cool to have like to have him on the like on the podcast when he was playing. And when he's not playing, but now I'm just gonna have the one. You see what I'm saying? Because then you can see how he differs from then to now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he still calls people's villagers. It's actually still funny. <laughs> the funniest way to call someone mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I want to do with the Midwest movement. I just wanted to do podcasts, and uh, like I said, I did want to do a sort of Midwest movement like thing for Combo Breaker, but just caught up in the moment, you know. But um, that's all. I, that's all I really wanted to do with the Midwest movement. That's why I exactly the box. Hey, can I do this? Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, he said, go for it. You know, just you know, make sure you 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 do this, do that, shell the store or whatever. And um, yeah, that was just I just, again wanting to help out at that point. Now the the bigger scope of the community instead of just it started with Cincy, then to just then to Ohio, mm-hmm. then to the Midwest. Right, but again, stretching myself thin, I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So, gotta pick and choose what I can do. Yep, you you gotta know where your limits necessarily lie. And I mean, you know, and I and you know me, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to have limits, you know. But it, I'm human. I gotta, I gotta, gotta stop sometime because I hated it. Like when I was doing trying to do all that, I hated myself. Like man, I gotta record this episode. I gotta start this stream. You know, and that's the yeah. I gotta edit this video, and that's the worst thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. That's why, with especially with my last two videos that you so graciously edited, thank you. Um, I offer editing services. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just talking about like you know I was burnt out, but I was I still like wanted to compete, and I was burnt out from uh, content, but I still wanted to make content. It was just hard for me. To be like, yeah, this is what I want to do, but I know I got to put time away to do this specific thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want to be a competitor and do content, I know I have to get an editor. I just have to. But if I want to be a content creator, I have to st- probably take a backseat of competing. And I don't want to do neither. Right. You know, I found out that I want to be more of a competitor than a content creator that just, you know, I want to be a competitor that creates content just every now and again because. I know some people, they like, oh, man, I got to get these views. I get these numbers. got to get this guy, that. Numbers. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's how I was. But I'm like, when I made, when I finally, when I made the, um, the Dark Ages of Fighting Games video, I realized yeah. that, that maybe I should just make videos to exist. Mm-hmm. Just, just to have them out. Yep. Because that's the best, that's one, the most organic way to get videos out. You'll feel a lot freer. Versus just yeah, I gotta hit this on this week. I hit this on that week because yeah. I had a playthrough. I had a stream like playthrough of near automata, and I still have all those vods. I got two parts up, and I was gonna like every week because I was gonna. I was testing myself to see if I could do it, like every week. Get this video out. Get this video out. Get this mm-hmm. video out. Get this video out. Yep. And 
it caught then it's like it was like on a Thursday and I had to get the video out by Friday. I'm like, hmm, this might not work, you yeah. know. And so I'm like, all right, then let me just do some stream bods or whatever, and then just cut them up, you know, like the the Brian F style. Yeah. And I like doing those because I even said it in you know in that one video where I was like, you know, it's low effort, but you can tell there was time put into it mm-hmm. versus the versus the moldy bagel stuff where there's a lot of effort put into it. Yeah. And and that's the kind of content I want to be like that middle ground where like you you can see the low effort content where i'm just all right i'm just gonna upload this fucking first to 10 and just not do nothing with it right or upload this other first to 10 and then edit it where it's like it's consumable and blah 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 Mm -hmm. or do a whole lot of research and all this other stuff and then you know do that that's what i want to be i want to i want people to see that there's other ways you can do all three and still have your identity Mm -hmm. you know like if you if that's what you do, that's what you do. Like if you do high effort, that's what you do. If you only make a video once a year, you make a video once a year if it's high effort, you know. Right. If you make six videos a month and they're low effort, then that's what you do. Yeah. You no. Know? And I think people can understand whenever they see the content you produce, why your schedule is generally how it is. Like people are comfortable with like, okay, I'm gonna edit up this like quick like highlight key moments of the set that I ran with, with X player and I can probably get like maybe like two or three of those up a week if I'm like consistently playing people on stream and just running sets with people all the time. Whereas if you look at something like a Corey gaming video where it's just like, okay, this is probably going to take weeks or months to research. I have to get all this stuff filmed. If I have to interview, I have to probably like fly out to them or have them film something if they're able to film it at the quality that I'm ex- like okay with. And then I had to get all this B-roll footage. I had to do all this and that. And it's just like, you get to something at, at like that level. It's like, yeah, you just take your time and get it out when it, it's done. When it gets done, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, people, like I, said, like I even said, I kind of just regurgitate what I said in that video. Like, people want to make the money, but don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And granted, like, I've never wanted like when the pandemic hit i wanted to make money because i was out of a job right and it's just you know i just like you know i was like i gotta do this i gotta do that blah, blah 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 but i wasn't making the money i wasn't getting the views and i'm just like well whatever so i'm just gonna do what i can you know go back to when things get better i'm gonna find you know job whatever blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but then it made me realize that I hated myself doing that because i want to make content that i enjoy that other people will enjoy mm-hmm because if you make something you enjoy, who gives a shit what everybody else got to say? Right. You know, who, who cares? Because if, if, if even, as, even as a player, if you're winning, who the fuck, like you're losing. You don't, don't talk to me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just stuff like that. If, if, if you're making stuff that you like, like genuinely like and enjoy, one, you'll be eager to get back to it. And it's not like a chore. It's not a drag. Like right now I have like five things. Like there's a, like me and Corey play like three first to tens, like, a month ago mm-hmm. it's funny but you know and uh i'm kind of taking my time editing it because you know that thing is got things you gotta do and um i just don't want to burn myself out again so i'm taking my time thinking about you know even when i'm at work i'm like okay i'm gonna cut this i'm gonna cut that this 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 yep and then when i'm when i made the dark ages video after i hit upload i felt good because i'm like man 
I really just wanted that video to exist only because like people keep talking about the Dark Ages in this in this particular case. People kept talking about the Dark Ages and like, oh, it's this bad thing. When it was just Capcom. Yeah. It was just Capcom. Yeah. Like and then the games we all grew up with, like Bloody Roar Three, Bloody Roar Four, VF four which, in my opinion, I don't care what none of you say. Yes, I'm looking at the camera. VF4 has the best training mode tutorial in any fucking fighting game, and I will die on that hill. But um, it's also now in Fightcade. It is. Yes. <laughs> Good shit. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like games like that, and even even the the um, uncommon games like. Like, you had fighting games. Like, people love Tenkaichi 3. You know, people people play that. People played Ultimate Ninja. Those kind of games, even though they're not traditional fighting games, they did exist. And then you had T5, T5DR, T6, and Soul Calibur 4, which, in fact, is my first time playing any fighting game online with Soul Calibur 4. Mm. So that's why I'm super competitive now. It's because of... My brother, my brother, my cousin, and my dad. So Soul Calibur 2, I think, I'm going to say, I think Soul Calibur is like my favorite fighting game series. Like Soul Calibur and MK, because I have so much nostalgia and so much many memories with that. Right. Because, believe it or not, my dad played Maxi. That's why I play Maxi, because that kind of carries on through him. So, like... Every time, every time I win with Maxi, it's like a win for my dad. So and stuff like that. And he taught me, like, no, I'm not gonna say he taught me. He forced me to laugh. <laughs> he forced me to laugh. Like I was in, I was playing Link and Keelik, and I'm like, all right, what does what does Maxi do? Because he would get like 20 game win streaks on me, and I'm like, all right, nah, what does his character do? Then I ended up playing Maxi, and guess what? He couldn't cope. He couldn't. He he could do the mix. He could do the mix, but couldn't stop it. Couldn't cope. It was over at that point. I'm like, yeah, it's over. It's over, bro. <laughs> Dang. The future is now, old man. Now, man. <laughs> so getting back to the to the topic of doing things that you enjoy. Yeah. So like, um, when when you when you do things you enjoy, like even like with dance, like I was like, all right, we gotta do these competitions. We gotta hit it, hit it, hit it. I didn't get burnt out until like I realized that my work ethic was like wasn't like a drill like wasn't drill sergeant heavy but you know me i want to win Mm -hmm. i don't go there for exposure i don't go there to network that's the one thing i don't like doing and that's like my problem i don't like networking because i want like that's just not something i do i don't like it because like when i'm when i'm out there to compete i'm out there to compete when i'm done competing i will network i will do that but like if if i'm there like let's say if i'm there for three days and i compete for all three days i'm never networking period but that was like my problem because i was so fixated on winning that people like my teammates were like we don't like we gotta we gotta do this we gotta get these business cards out and we'll we'll have people come to our our workshops i'm like i don't care about that like we need to practice like we this is what we need to do this is what we need to do and that even stems back into gaming where people are like, hey, you should share your streams more often or share your, like, throw your merch out there. Like, I don't care about the merch, you know? Like, if people want it, they'll get it. It's there. Like, I have I have the the thing. I'm here to practice, you know? Like, I don't give a shit about none of that. So then, like, you know, and then, like, even then, like, it's just, like, again, like, merch store. I just want it to exist. I don't care if people buy anything. I just want it to exist. And then, like, when you're doing things you're enjo- when you enjoy, like, when, uh... If you're like, if I'm drunk playing the game, 
that's like that's just a good time in general or i'm playing like kingdom hearts 2 or something i'm just having a good time in general you'll be eager to jump back into it versus just dreading to oh i gotta stream kingdom hearts or i have to stream street fighter today i have to stream near for this for the youtube content which is what that was i genuinely wanted to play near automata but i did in fact use it for youtube content Mm -hmm. but um I got immersed, so now it's even more of a genuine experience. Right. But um, again, I have to edit all that. So I have a. The goal with the year was to have a whole bunch of backlog to add, you know, like so I could just have and have something to do while I'm editing or while, while I'm bored or something. Mm-hmm. But then it got too much because then I started streaming like fighting games on the, like I started streaming fighting games more. Then I stopped editing the near playthrough. You see how at that point now I have yeah. too much to do. Right. So. That's where it becomes like, man, I don't want to edit. I don't want to do this. I don't like. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when it came to the Dark Ages video, it was just something I wanted to exist. I wanted to make it, and I felt like it needed to. Like I just, I need. I felt like that particular video for me needed to exist because people kept talking about how bad it was. When uh, again, I'm repeating myself, but it was just Capcom, Namco was making games, all that other stuff. But uh, that's why, if, if there's anything to take away from me, I would say just make stuff that you want to exist. If you want, if you think people don't know about, let's say, Dengeki, Dengeki Bunko, if you think there's like some tech you think no one knows about, make it anyway. So what? Who cares? Just make it. Right. If you make, if you make it to exist, it'll be there. And you can say, yeah, I made it. There it is. Boom, boom, bop. If you think someone doesn't, if you think there's not enough information on your local scene or anything, just make it make it who cares no one's gonna be mad at you for making it no like it's just it's for you it's for your scene or it's for your game or whatever you want it to be just make it if you make it you'll feel better about not making it mm-hmm. versus trying to make a whole bunch of stuff you don't care about there's right. a difference because trying to hit those numbers and you don't hit those numbers you'll feel defeated and then not want to do it mm-hmm which is what happened with me. I didn't hit those numbers and I didn't care anymore because I'm like, all right, what's the point? Whenever you try to do something creatively, you need to have a mission beyond a metric, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Because that's how that's how it usually starts with streaming too. People just think they see they see Punk or Brian F. They had or Say Jam with all these big numbers. They didn't start out like that, right? It's just it's just the fact that Say Jam just so happens to be a very prolific and good great commentator that then he started streaming same with Eris. he was a good player then he just started streaming and stopped playing fighting games yep so but now the, again the difference with that is like people like yipes arturo Eris, even even ryan hart they have that back they have that legacy right mm-hmm. so all their fans are just naturally going to migrate over Versus someone like me, you, headache, and all that stuff. It's gonna take a while because we don't have that legacy, right? And we're not, and we're not top players, right? So right? we we have to build a brand from scratch. Whereas if you are someone who is already notable, that you can just take your existing brand and your existing audience and then bring them to other places. Or the way I put it is, I'm not gonna say like art didn't have a brand. You know, I'm not gonna say that. Well, I'm not gonna say that Yipes wasn't a brand. What I'm saying is they were players that were good and that they are now doing other stuff. So then they turned their name into a brand. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So and when he went, let's say, yeah, he went from 
Evo Champion Yipes to the hype commentator and still Evo Champ for Marvel 2 Yipes. Yep. So there's that thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like we start from scratch. They turned their name into a brand. Just do shit you enjoy. Because if you do shit you enjoy, it, it feels organic, right? It just feels organic. There's a video that you produced a while ago breaking down some of the things that you look for whenever you're playing neutral in a fighting game. Four things to look for in neutral. Yeah. Like other players at the level that you are at, you're really good at analyzing a given situation and understanding what it is that you have available to you and what it is that you should likely do next. When you're breaking down a given situation, say in like a match review or you're just watching another player as they're actively playing, what are some of the things that you look for? So if I'm, let's say I'm watching, if I'm watching a match of mine and showing someone else, like let's say a jury player who's new, wants to learn how to play jury, mm -hmm. and I'm showing them this is what you do, there's a difference between what you do as the character and then what you do as the player. So like when I say the four things you look for in neutral, I'm saying as a general, in this case, in that video, it's just a general thing to look for because people, like people can't, some people can't DP or anti-air consistently. Some people can't check dashes consistently. Some people can't react to fireballs or something consistently. So when you break it down and, like, if you look at these ranges, depending on where you are to your opponent, there's some things you just don't have to worry about. Like, if they're full screen, you don't have to worry about a jump or a dash. You might right. have to worry about a fireball. Well, if you guys are mid-screen close, you have to kind of worry about everything, but you can only focus on... Like I said, two things, mm -hmm. at best two things. But if I'm if if someone is like, hey, Vitality, can you please uh, explain what you do in this situation? I'm like, okay, this is what I do. This is what I look for at the beginning. So like, if we're mid screen, rounds one fight, I walk backwards. He throws fireballs. Okay, he likes to throw fireballs. So in this particular case, the next round start. Like, even though there's, like, 90 seconds or 45 seconds in a round, depending on what happens, the next round start, I'm going to jump forward because the first round is always data. It's always data. So if he, if he threw a fireball round start and I chose to walk back and block it, the next time he might just throw another one and I'm just going to jump forward. Right. If he DPs me, so what? It's a DP. I don't care. It's the beginning of the round. Yep. And and then mid-game, you know, you, you, you're looking to see what – what he does ask the what what your opponent does ask the character and then what their habits are. When you can break when if you can beat the character consistently, then you can go into going into fighting against their your opponent. Cause people like to blame characters a lot. Right. But it's always there's always someone else behind the screen or next to you. Like the characters may be strong, but they're not in cases there are they are sometimes unbeatable. I mean, you know, you got unblockables and you know you got yun uh you've got uh fucking uh, S, uh st but um right <laughs> but uh you've got things there's always a player behind it so if you can stop them from doing what they want to do and have them re go back to their character then you can break it you can break them down easy you just have to realize what you're good at when you're looking at a replay realize what you're good at and try to do that all the time right if i'm good at anti-air dps i always want you to jump but you can exploit that which means i'm always looking at the sky which means you can dash at me right, right. you always want to be able to 
know what you're good at and know what that weakness may taste like may may like you know start so like if you're always looking at the sky they might just dash at you now your ground game has to be on point now if i'm watching someone else's replay again i always start with the character like okay you're not doing this combo right you're not punishing this hey punish this this is minus four but then if i'm noticing a bad habit hey you have the life lead don't tech you know you're in the corner just take the throw or, you know, he has V-Trigger, you know, start paying attention to the V-Trigger. Like he, you can see he wants to activate so bad, he's sweeping all over the place. Right. But it all it's all about a case-by-case basis, and it all decide, It all kind of depends on what that person is also asking for. Like, are they asking to look at this match to see what they did wrong, what their opponent did right? Mm-hmm. Or are they looking to see just how the matchup works in general, what they should be looking for in the matchup? So if someone says, hey, I'm a Poison player, what should I do? And I'm not a poison player, but I fought against a lot of poisons. I fought some bet some of the best poisons, and um, you everyone has like that general game plan as poison. So I may not be pro like super profound with the character, but I can say, hey, you should crouching medium punch to anti you, crouching medium punch cartwheel for the side switch if you're in the corner or something, or for Oki. Yep. And if it's a good matchup, like you know, I'll just say press press fierce, crouch fierce, you know, stuff like that. But if they say, hey. What am I doing wrong? Why did my Why did this guy just come back? Like, just do this big comeback on me and still like, let's say he's playing poison still, which is the same example. Then I'll say, okay, by the time he got V trigger, he started sweeping or he started doing a whole lot of let me say common V trigger activation routes. So like, let's say Bison slide or crouch or uh, down forward fierce, right? Or roundhouse. You have to tell them that hey, he's doing this. That's his win condition. Which means you're probably beating him, but when he activates his win condition, you fold. So what you should do is practice against the win condition. Like focus on practicing against the win condition so you know what to do, but also learn how to avoid the win condition. Mm-hmm. Because if you neutral, let's say he he's just sliding. If you could, if you just neutral jump it because you know he wants to activate, punish. You just neutral jump, boom, he's dead. So again, it all depends on the character, what the what that player wants from me analyzing the replay, and basically just what I see. So like, you don't want to overload someone on too much information, right? Because like, they just want to know what do I do against this V-trigger scenario. You're you're not going to talk about why you're attacking here, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just fast forward. Well, you watch it, and then you you go to the the area where they struggle with. You say that, but then you go back. Like, hey, also. You could have not teched here, or you should have punished this. This is minus four. Right. You know what I mean? You always tell them what they're asking for first, and then they want more. You go back and tell them what they should be working on or what they could be working on better. Right. That's how I do things. And you did touch on a, a really important point here. As you progressively get to like a higher and higher level of play, it becomes less about really focusing on like getting your game plan out there but also knowing what situations you need to avoid encountering Mm -hmm. because when when you learn how to we all know street fighter 5 we all know that these games nowadays they have comeback mechanics and um you gotta learn to avoid them it's basically it it's basically like once you get them down to 40 percent health you know that they're looking for it like i gotta make this highlight i gotta make this highlight real alex's are gonna do it that's what they're gonna do. Yep. Once you get to the point of okay, V triggers are in the game. Let's just use V triggers as an example. V triggers yep. are in the game. I can't avoid them. 
Like they're just gonna be there, but let me avoid them. Let me learn how to avoid them. See right. that? See, see what I'm saying? Like you can't avoid them because they're in the game, but you can avoid them because they're avoidable. Right. And then, like I said, there's the whole player aspect, right? Like if that's why I said, like when you get your game plan started and they can't stop it, why stop? Right. Nothing to change. Yep. But if you're struggling against their playstyle or what they're doing, then you should you have to reevaluate how to adapt. Think about what you're like how you need to adapt like if i realize i can't dp cammy just gonna block i'm just gonna i'm like okay let me just start blocking versus trying to dp this dive kick mm-hmm. you know it's just stuff like that and then you because going back and watching like i said earlier going back and watching replays it's painful it sucks because you don't want to see yourself lose but also when you are watching your replays you're gonna be like oh yeah some you, everyone does this i should have done this i should have done that oh i could have punished this or I should have V-shifted this. There was, there's always that what if, right? Yeah. But um, when you take that into the... But when you look at it... Watch, watch that replay again, and when you look at it, think about all the things you did right. Like, if you struggle to anti-air, and you anti-air 18 times, that's a W. You know, that's a that's a big dub. Take those. Yeah. Um, and if you threw six times and they didn't tech, boom, you they, all right, we take those. We take those. It's just some things you have to realize. Everyone looks at when they're like when they lose, they don't realize the wins they made in that match. It's more than just you losing, because if you hit knock their health down to ten percent, you did play the game. You did. But if you get you know if you get washed, I mean some things just happen. You know, this is how it is. Right. But always um, be super open to other people's criticisms. And so I know some people can be rough. I'm rough. I'm one of those people that are like, man, why are you attacking here? You know, I'm one of those. Like, I like, like dude, just jump out. And then, like, I pretzels. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Pretzels is the perfect example. Pretzels' offense is jump, roundhouse, jab, and throw. Or like hey. dog. Or <laughs> like brother in Christ. Please jab, crouch me, and punch something. For God's sakes. Too much online. But, it just works. <laughs> it just works. It just works. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like stuff like that. Like I'm not gonna be super. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. No, I'm, I'm like I may meme about it. Like man, why, why, why are you throwing too much? Why are you doing this? But I want people to get better, and I want them to know that I'm like, hey, I want, I want to help. But some people can't take criticism well because you're not Idom or Zaffirino or right. Rob. Right. They see you as just some other streamer who doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. You just have to be open. If someone tells you you should be doing this, you should be doing that, try it. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Maybe that's not the playstyle you want to play. Or maybe that's not the character you want to play. Or maybe that streamer was just not the person to not the person qualified for you. You know? Right. That's why that's why I make when I when I make videos like those, I try to make them as generic as possible because those things are universal. Right. Right? Like dashing, jumping, people stuff people struggle to deal with in, in the first place. Yep, you want to make it applicable not only to just like multiple people, multiple characters, but also multiple games as well. Mm-hmm. Right. We're seeing a good rise of more prominent people in the scene reach out to coaching platforms like Medify. Like if, if you were at Common Record, it was all over the place. Have you ever looked into possibly doing like some some coaching in the FGC? Because you've, you've done a lot of coaching like within the scene with like some of our like up and coming players. Well, my thing is like when around season three is when I opened up to coaching. 
because I didn't like the idea of coaching and paying someone to do it because we live in a world we live in a world now especially with FGC where most if not all of our information is available mm-hmm. so like if there's anything you need to look up you know just look it up like if it's frame data or there's like the footies handbook you know great read stuff like that um but at the same time, like I said, come season three of Street Fighter, I realized that, you know, I'm not necessarily, like, I started asking people, hey, what am I doing wrong? Because you hit that plateau. So I understand if you need that extra push, yes, get coaching. I still, I don't want to charge people for coaching. I just don't want to do that because I'm, like, I mean, granted, if the opportunity arose, I would take it. Like, if you say, hey, we want you to coach these Caught like these these collegiate uh, students and have them play Street Fighter for like six months, and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, and we'll I'll take that. Versus going on Meta Meta Metify and being like, yeah, I pay, I'm charging twenty dollars an hour for this this that, because my thing is I'm not that good, so I don't think I should charge. You know, I'm good enough. I have a good idea of how to play the game. I've been playing it forever. I've been playing fighting games forever. I have a good game sense. But at the same time, I'm not someone like Zaf Reno. Right? So, like, right. I can see someone like Zaf charging for coaching. Someone like Perfect Legend charging for coaching. Right. If if Yipes wanted to charge coaching for Marvel 2, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? But if someone like me or you charge for coaching, they're going to, at that point, that's what I was saying, like, that point they're gonna ask well who the hell are you and what are your credentials right right because if you're gonna if i'm gonna say oh hey i i got out of pools at combo you're like okay what did you win i won i won a few locals i don't care like i mean like maybe your locals are bad and you're bad you know right even like even say like they, they even say jam if save jam wanted to charge people for coaching because he has that good he has game sense and he watches a lot, a lot of games he can but he doesn't right you know and that's just and that's just me. I don't want to charge for coaching because I'm not at the top level, and I don't want to I don't want to pretend that I am either. So I feel like if I do charge people, that's robbing someone of their like they they could be learning something else from something better from someone else, mm-hmm. right? Because there's always going to be someone better, but at the, right now, you know, it's not me. I'm not that someone better. Right. Just someone good enough. So like if you're at that level where you're good enough, you at that point you want people to come in and play your game. So you might you might want to start coaching or getting people to play your game. Right. But like I said, I don't want to charge people for coaching, but like if the opportunity arose, I would take it. There's a difference between coaching people between like between sessions and coaching people at an event. Right. Because right. some people just need that extra push. Like, okay, you got this. Hey, you got this. Hey, do this, do that. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's just, that's motivation. That's inspiration to help you get better or help you stay focused. Right. Right. Stuff like that is why I don't, um, I choose not to charge for coaching. Because, like I said, everything's available and there's someone better than me. There's a whole lot of people better than me. Right. That are, I, that are offering coaching services. Right. But if someone asks, I'll say, hey, this is what you do or this is what you should do. Yeah. I'm just a guy. I'm, I want to help people play my character or play the game. That's just what I do. There's certain skills where like things are documented. Things are 
uh, written out, and, and even just moving beyond like uh, fighting games and esports for a moment. I think music is like a really good example, where like a lot of like techniques and things you could learn as a musician are very well documented. We have like centuries of like knowledge at at our fingertips whenever it comes to like getting better as a musician. But even but even still, once you get to like a certain uh, skill level, and if you're trying to go uh, pro as being a musician, then there is like that extra like minute benefit of having additional coaching to help push you to execute some of these more advanced uh, techniques that you would not really have su- su- a super great grasp of whenever you're initially learning them. But having some someone there right next to you to kind of guide you th- through the process, I think, is like a really uh, prominent thing. And in and in a field as competitive as like being a professional creative, uh, that little extra edge is like the difference between like making it and just being a starving artist, essentially. Right, and and, and that's why I say like I don't mind. Like I used to shit on people for getting coaching. I'm like, you're getting coaching? Like, yeah, why? That's stupid. Like, why, why are you paying someone that you could just look up, you know? But then I realized that I was, like, later on, I was eating my own words when I was asking someone like Cayman, who's who I've been friends with forever. Right. Um, great jury player. And I've been asking him for years, hey, what am I doing wrong? What is this? What am I doing? And then I'm like, one day I just realized, like, man, like, Cayman's not necessarily coaching me, but he's giving me advice to go to the next step. Yep. And in the same vein, that is what a coach does. Yep. It helps to expedite the process mm-hmm. as opposed to like just you learning things on your own. Right. Because there's like everyone hits a plateau because some people like I, I got the platinum not knowing how to shimmy. When you reach that next step, like you know what shimmying is, but you don't know how to incorporate it. Like you said, that next skill, right? Or that next level of thinking. So then when you get there, you're like, okay, you're struggling because now you're losing points or you're, you're losing a lot more. You're like, I'm because I'm trying to shimmy, like blah, 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 blah. But because now you're focused on just shimming, you're not playing your game anymore. So then when you have that coach, you're like, hey, you're fo- you're you're shimming, you're shimming, which is good, but sometimes they won't fall for it, mm-hmm. you know? And then then your mind starts turning, like, okay, well, what should I do, you know? And then when you get to diamond, super diamond, after you've learned how to shimmy, now you're learning how to delay tech, delay mash, not do nothing. Right. It's just one of those things where, like, Coaches may exp- help you expedite the process, but you have to figure out why you need coaching. Because sometimes people just want coaching because they want to just, oh, this is what you got to do. Right. Right. But then not put in any work. Like, why am I not progressing? Like you said, well, you only play two hours. Like, you only play one hour a day. Yeah. And you get mad when you lose one set. That doesn't help anything. Right. Right. And when you start realizing what you do, what you want to do as a player, then you can realize what your problems are and your weaknesses are. Cause that's mainly what you're trying to avoid people trying to find out your weakness or your weaknesses or exploit them. Right. That's what you're trying to do in a, in a fighting game, trying to not let people find out, Hey, he's the latex. Cause you know, you know, some people they'll see it. Like we'll like, I'll like, I'll see it. If I see that every time I, every time I do a meaty jab, Every time I do another jab or another button, you stand up. That means you're delay teching. Yeah. But again, I didn't learn. I didn't think to see that until someone told me if they stand up, they're teching or walking backwards. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to find that out on your own unless there's someone, unless you are watching, there's a video on it that explains it really well yep. or someone of that level tells you. 
Yep. So that's just one of those things. Like I said, I don't mind coaching. It does help some people, but only in the aspect of seeing the game in a different light. I don't like people who are telling people who are paying who are paying people. I'm not gonna say I don't like people. I don't like it when people are paying for coaching for surface level things. Mm-hmm. So like stuff like, hey, this is this, this is that, this is this. When you're paying for coaching to find out your next level, then it's different, right? Right. Like if I'm telling if I'm telling a goal player, hey, now that you know how to do these combos, now you need to know how to you need to learn how to frame trap, right? But again, to us, that's surface. Like to higher level players, that's surface level again, mm-hmm. right? That's a very low level thing, but to them, that's a that's the next step. Right. Now again, I wouldn't mind. Like, I don't want to charge someone for that because it's something I already know, you know? But again, people people want to pay for their time. People want to be paid for their time, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how, you know, minute or small it is. Right. But stuff like that, I can agree with, you know, whatever. Or even, like I said, just helping someone control their mental. Like, if someone gives me a replay and I can tell they're tilted, you know, like, hey, you should probably have someone in your corner or be in a discord call and say someone needs to tell you hey you gotta calm down you know mm-hmm. that's, that's what you guys did to me when i was in dpo running i was literally pissed off because i was losing to a certain someone yep. and you know i'm just like i and i calmed down and i won and i felt good said he was ass you know shit like that but you know right there's a video for that yeah it's funny <laughs> but um <laughs> but um I've opened up to coaching because I understand how much it does help but I still have like that you shouldn't really you, you, I'm not going to say you don't need it a person doesn't need it but if you desire to be coached if you feel like that will help you right I won't I'm not going to object not like I used to anyway right because in some cases people need that like extra person on the side to like hold them accountable and like mm-hmm. get them to keep consistently practicing get them to keep consistently playing and you see that in multiple fields as well well yeah cuz like if 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 like if you're if you're doing jump in jab and throw pretzels stop doing jump in jab throw do something else and then when you do it i'm like all right thank god it took five games to get here, but holy shit, you did it. Yeah. But you know, it's just stuff like that when you're if holding someone, holding that person accountable, is it, it helps because you're frustrating. Like, oh, I don't know how to change my style. Just do it. Yeah, you'll be fine. If you lose, you lose. Going back to that thing I said, if you do it and you do it right, it's a dub. Even if they, even if your opponent didn't fall for it, yeah. It, 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 you did it. You, you're starting to establish your own game plan, right? Because when you first start out, you're just you're you have your own game plan, and then you find someone that you might like watching, right? Like if I was an Akuma player, I'd watch that. Then you copy the play style, yep. but you're not knowing why they're doing things. You just know what they're doing is good, right? So then when you get to a point where you need to start learning how how things work and why they're doing things, mm-hmm. then the game becomes like, okay, what do I do? Why like? I know this worked, but now it's not. You see what I'm saying? How yep. like someone explain this? Someone explain this to me, right? And that's where the coach comes in. Yep. Think about it like having a training partner at the gym. You're both there. You you have like set days of the week that you will both meet up with each other at the gym to just go ahead work out. You'll both push yourselves through your routine. And if you end up pushing yourself a little bit, a little bit too, 
too far, then they're there to cover for you. Right. And it's like, hey, like finish a set, finish a set. You got it. Then they see like if you're if you are two weeks in the session, right? If you're doing better than last year, not not last year, but if you're like doing better than last week, they're not gonna they're not gonna help you. They just wanna see if you can do it. Since they see you doing better, this is what you struggled on, but let's say you stopped at five you stopped at five reps. But now you're on seven and you're struggling. They want to see if you can finish those last three to see if you can actually push yourself without relying on them. Right. And then if you do and if you do it, boom, dub, easy. You feel great. You will probably right. throw up after that session, but you will you will feel great. But if they still need like, oh man, I need help, I need help, then then boom, okay, boom. You need help, but you did it. Hey, you did three more than you did last week. So that's a step in the right direction. Right. And so on and so forth. That's how that works. But uh, coaching is cool. Have no issues with coaching anymore. What I do have an issue with, though, is, uh, <laughs> is is people who who think they're nice and they're not. So like you're trying to tell them like about their bad habits, and they just refuse to listen. It's like hey, like and especially like especially in, like a friend group or like. Or like even someone in a like someone like I've had this issue before where someone was like, "Hey, can you look at this replay," and I said, "Sure." I'm telling them, "Hey, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this." Oh well, just the kid doesn't do this. Uh, Clegg Madness doesn't do this. Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, well, you see this now. Now that's the battle of two different, three different ideologies: is Clegg, me, or just the kid." So like. You know, I'm like, well, they do this because this is what they're good at. This is what I'm good at. This is the play style that I prefer. Mm-hmm. You can do it that way if you wish. But then he's like, oh, well, I've had so much success doing it, doing it. But I just don't know why it doesn't work on this character or this player. And I'm telling them why, like if I'm seeing the inputs or whatever, and I'm telling them why, and they're just refusing to hear it, then I'm like, all right, then I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, then all of a sudden, I'm the one who doesn't know what I'm talking about, right? Right. And that makes me mad because there's like, even though I don't know every character, I know like you should do this. You should do this. I know what the good care. I know what a good pilot of the character looks like at least. Mm-hmm. So if I say you're doing something wrong or you shouldn't be doing this because it's a bad habit and you will get exploited for it. I'm not all of a sudden, Oh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. Like right. what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, you're like, you don't play this character. But I'm like, Oh yeah. But if you do Honda headbutt full screen and I DP and you're asking why can't you get in, that's the problem. And then I get mad and start calling people bad. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Then I'm the bad guy. You know? And suddenly, I'm, suddenly I'm the toxic villain. <laughs> that's what I've seen it. You can ask him. Ask him, viewers. Ask him. He's seen it. I've, I've told people and uh, people don't like it. And I'm like, all right, we'll stay bad. It, 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 ha- it has happened. Sometimes it happens on stream. And I'm the mod in the chat. <laughs> I, I, I'm the mod in the chat. Just, just holding the streamer on a leash. It's like, all right, just bring it back in. Because I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, if you don't like what I have to say, then I'm just going to ban you. And Puss is like, no, just time him out for 10 minutes. He's fine. <laughs> I'm like, Red, like, let him go. Kill him. <laughs> this is one thing I can't stand. It's just people who are like, they ask for help, but then don't want then don't want to hear it for some reason. Like I, that's just uh, that yeah. rubs me the wrong way. And, and I think whenever you actually get into coaching, I think people are at least a little bit more receptive to advice, just because they're paying for you to they're help them. Mm-hmm. So you get more higher quality people that you're helping in that regard, as opposed to just giving out free advice, which is an argument uh-huh. for co- coaching. 
Right, yeah. So yeah, so you've made it out of pools, you've done the things, you've been a reasonably accomplished player in the Ohio FTC. Uh, some would argue you're you're in the Ohio top five, the the, oh that, that that layer of the Ohio FTC iceberg of the of the Ohio top five, which I will probably talk with with some multiple people about that later on. But one of your more prominent achievements over these like past couple of years, especially over uh, the Street Fighter Five years, has been you making it through Amateur Street Fighter League. Mm-hmm. We've said things in in pieces in in the private spaces of, of the discords. I think you previously mentioned it before you qualified, but um, not really much has really been said on your whole experience with Amateur Street Fighter League. So tell me a bit about your perspective. Um, okay. In short, I'm 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 gonna I'm do a long explanation, but in short, um, great experience, um, great opportunity, terrible execution, <laughs> terrible execution. <laughs> Because we were at a point where we had a different, holy shit, we had a different, we had two different net codes. So, mm. goddamn, that feels so long ago. Holy yeah, that was, a, that was a hot minute. So for those who need and, context, uh, there was a patch that was done. A fan two. patch. There were two. two. Yeah, that's right. There were two fan patches. There was a fan patch that was released early 2020 that... A fan made to fix Street Fighter 5's netcode. The catch is, is that Street Fighter 5 is not a game that's PC exclusive. It is also available on the PlayStation 4. And that game has crossplay. So if you were playing with the PC version of the patch, your experience was good and the rollback was fixed, but you're dumping all the additional delay onto your opponent on on PS4 and and also on people who don't have the patch downloaded on PC. Pain. And to make matters worse, there was also a a forked edit of that other patch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but yeah, so that aside, it's just that what I mean by great opportunity, it, it allowed players who weren't in Street Fighter League proper to uh, get to get their shine. Right. So people like like Hitman, Brutus, Mylin, Tega, myself, Core Jam. All that and all those other players, they were finally able to like, hey, we can be a part of this league and represent our state essentially, mm-hmm. or our community in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, which is a great, which is a great opportunity for anyone because yeah. people will people would love to say I put I put my state or my community on my back or blah blah blah. blah. That's good pride and good like it make it makes people rally with you like oh. It's it's Team Cleveland versus Team uh Team uh let's say Maine or something. I don't forgot the teams, but it's like all that stuff, right? So that's good. Um, great idea because as like I said, it, it it gives those those uh those players a chance while also shedding light to those communities. Mm-hmm. So like when I was taught when I was in Street Fighter League, I got invited by the great Joe Monday for RSF podcast. Yep. And I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Like, even though we were just talking, I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh my God, I got invited to RSF. I'm about to make it. I'm Hollywood. Where is my contract? I need it now. <laughs> Hollywood. <You> <laughs> All that aside, but again, because now it's putting that exposure of not only myself, but Ohio or my team or whatever. 
because now I was getting eyes. Right. And my terrible execution, this is the bad part. We, as Ohioans, like Pretzel said earlier, we had to meet at one central location yep. to, to play online. Yep. On PS4. Yep. Against two netcodes. Yep. Not fun. Mm. And the drive for me was about an hour and a half, two hours. Yep. Uh, for some of them, they were like forty-five minutes. I think for Corey, it was about and uh, it was about two hours. It's two, two hours. and a half. Yeah, back in the Columbus. Now, 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 in this particular case, behind the scenes, core like Cor- some people would stay with you know some members of the community or the teammates, right? They would stay there for the night and then go back up tomorrow. Yep. Me, I had to show up day of play then leave to go back to work the next day so that shit sucked it was a grind and not the good kind and then it got to the point where like i was i missed one week because i was sick and that was when the team new york kind of controversy came from either way that shit doesn't matter it's in the past it was a great opportunity a great idea i do believe now that offline is coming back they should do it in a more viable scenario setting mm-hmm. because now, you know, people, most of us now are on PC. Um, and yep. at this point there's, there's, there is no other patch. There is no other thing, you know, whatever. And now we have the training, we have the training mode, um, mod where we can, where it'll change stages randomly or whatever to, uh, the training stage, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But um, and they use that for online tournaments. Don't let Capcom lie to you. They are using that for <laughs> online tournaments. But that's cool. And now we can now we can all play in a very decent kind of connection. Even if it's like me and Cayman, like Cayman's from Canada, so we have spotty connections at times. But if we were to go back and play Team Canada now, it wouldn't be as bad because everyone would pick training stage, and the mod would do it for us, and we would have an okayish connection between all of us, and we wouldn't have to drive to one central location. Right to play on to play on laggy PS4 between two netcodes, it's just it just wasn't a good time for for that you know, but um great idea and I do think it should come back to be honest. We've definitely seen that over the course of Street Fighter V's lifetime, just Capcom experimenting with multiple different organizations, just trying to get, or tr- just trying oh. out different formats, seeing what really sticks. Um, obviously they've had the Capcom Pro Tour since the start of a street fighter five going back into the street fighter four days just taking what they have from there and just bringing in for sf five esports ready right from the start they've also done team initiatives not only just professionally with the pro street fighter league but amateur th- through super league uh collegiate street fighter league through collegiate star league and then they've also done smaller community-based tournaments through esl which is actually how i got got my start with um competing they used to run like uh swiss tournaments with um with SF5 and now they're doing now they're doing PS4 community tournaments with um with Sony and has only become a little bit more prominent with their integration with Evo. I could see them potentially trying to dive back into doing more community oriented team stuff with with SF5 and especially SF6. Yeah, especially now because like they added a team battle function so it could just work. Mm-hmm. But also now we've had like we've had the amazing I was there, I was yelling, the amazing 5v5 where Jessica Kid literally buried the West Coast. But we um we have to, we have the 5v5 
from that. We have Stack Bradford running the stream team battle consistently, yep. and it's mm-hmm. really good. It's got like players of all different kinds of skill levels, from like rookie to grand ultimate to warlord. Yep. It's really great team bonding experience, or just to get people who don't really play each other often. Yep. Like for example, Brian F. He uploaded a video about his about his run through the tournament. So someone or most of them were Brian F. fans, and they were on his team. Right. So so now they're getting that free that I don't want to say free, but they're getting that chance to get coaching from Brian F. just for being on his team mm. or being able to chat with Brian. Yep. You know, like yes, like he, he's a prolific player. Yes, they're you know they're top players or high level players or pro players, whatever you want to call them. At the same time, he's you know he's still a guy. You know, he's not gonna like not gonna help you help his team lose by not speaking. You know, so but you know, people get that star, they get that little stardom or whatever. Like, oh my God, it's Brian Ruff, He's on. We're on his team. Blah, blah blah. But stuff like that, it gives people a chance to connect with people who they think they would never talk to or interact with. Right. Right. If there's if there was to be like a character team battle, I know for sure it'd be like you know, or like a character yeah a character team battle. It'd be like just a kid, Giyu, uh, Clegg, ASAP Rubido, or Cayman, Heretic Magic Man. You know, see, like you you would have like those players who kind of like some interact with each other, some don't. You know, or like for example, when we did the round table or stuff like that, right? Right. People, we, we, we don't really interact with each other like that. Like, I haven't really talked to Shine until that day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, stuff like that. When you start integrating the community into your events, instead of just tournaments, like, if you could do, like, a team tournament, that would be great. Because I'm not going to lie, team tournaments are a lot more captivating to watch because yep. it's a team. Even if it's just your... Even, at the end of the day, it's not like it's... Uh, Call of Duty or CSGO, right? Mm-hmm. Where everyone's talking to each other. You're still going up there by yourself playing your game. But right. now you have people in your corner to help you. This goes back into the coaching thing. Right. In that sense, you have people in your corner to help you. And then it makes it that much easier when you're in an environment like you're in the Midwest and you're from the West Coast and we're screaming, you play Luke and, you know, shit like that. It makes it feel that shit was funny. I'm sorry. It was hilarious. But, <laughs> but it's just when you're in that environment, you get that buff. Like, yeah, I'm in the Midwest. They got my back. Blah blah. blah. I'm putting the, the the coast on the back. Whatever. Blah blah. blah. Or I'm right. putting my. I'm showing that my character's great. That kind of shit. Right. Right. So it's like if you. I feel like we should start doing more of those. At least for Street Fighter Five on its way out. Mm. Like on its way out, we should do more team tournaments. Cause I feel like in a team setting, we, we've done traditional like tournaments for so long, but I do think like even with Tekken, they're starting to do more team tournaments only because they're more captivating to watch for spectators. Yeah. And it puts, it puts everyone together. Like if you like, Oh, I'm going to bet this on this. Like, you know, I'm going to do this, do that. I want this team to win. I want this team to win. It starts that, it starts that conversation. It builds up the hype and it makes, it makes whatever event or, exhibition whatever it is it makes it that much better because there's a lot of people talking about it right mm-hmm. so even like stream team battle when people go watch it it's only like about like maybe 100 or 200 people watch it but that's enough people to man this is happening blah, 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 blah or it might get people to go actually attend to try and get on the team right i think rob held a team tournament not a team tournament but he held a tournament for his teammates or someone held a tournament for their teammates and he was like, if you, like, I'll run a gold, a gold tournament, a 
platinum tournament or a diamond tournament, whatever, right? He he ran something like that, or someone did, and it was a good idea because then it, it it shows like not only are you getting the communities themselves together, at least in terms of, of whoever did that tournament, you're turning your community into like a battleground. Mm-hmm. Then you can watch your community who won in something else. Right. So now you're like, okay, I may have not have won, but I do want them to win. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you're bringing one stream channel into another. So like that's I think that's just a dope idea. That's why I think team battles should be more should be more um prominent at least at least even in games that are out that are going out the door like like Tekken 7, yep. Street Fighter 5, they should be more prominent like when you run turn- traditional tournaments for so long eventually you're like okay, well we know we're going to see Luke, we know we're going to see this, we know we're going to see that right. versus you then you get the then you get the other if it's on the team, you get the other side of it where it's like, okay, we know we're going to see Luke, but we know that this person beats beats Luke easy. Or not easy, but beats Luke, like, fi- like fights Luke very well. Mm-hmm. In the case with, again, the 5v5, right? Yep. Just a kid, did his thing, and that's just more captivating to watch. Yep. On a spectator, and it's just, you feel, as a competitor in the team, you feel... Like your, your adrenaline's pumping more. You're more focused. You have you have a goal because now it's like even if there's money or not, your pride's on the line because you don't want to let your team down. Right. right. I definitely think that in a traditional one v one competitive genre, does bringing in that extra team element to it brings something new to the experience that we just aren't used to in general. Mm-hmm. All right. And with all the different like variations of like the team style that we've seen over the years, it makes it all all the more interesting you you could have the like the waseda style that like street fighter league does where you can like ban a, a character ac- across both teams you have like a coach who decides what order that, that everyone is like running in so it's like okay now we have to like n- not only do we have to worry about like specific characters but we're basically we have an order select to deal with as well yep and and that adds like a certain like dramatic component to it so it's like oh who are they going to run first who are they going to yeah. have where they're gonna have go up against so and so and stuff like that, and it I think it just makes fighting games a lot more interesting, and like especially appeals to people from other games who are used to working in teams with other people. Just seeing these other competition formats being like, yeah, I could see me doing this with like some of the homies. Right, and it's like it's like one of those things where like now there's the other like you brought in like who's gonna put on what. It brings that extra mind game because now it's outside of the game. Right, so that'd be pen night. Right, that's a good matchup for Jury, but then they bring Hitman. Like it's a bad matchup for Jury, but also a bad matchup for Vitality because he has never beaten them. Right. So then you see what I'm saying. So then like, okay, I lose, but then like, okay, do we want to send out Core Jam now because we know Core Jam and Hitman are kind of even or whatever the case may be. Right. Or do we wait to keep? Or do we wait and keep Core Jam anchor? Right. right, so it's like one of those things like that. Now it's outside of the game. Now there's like, like, man, do we, what do we want to do? Blah, this, that, and the third. Yeah. So that's why I think it's just more interesting to watch, especially for games that are like that are they're just that are their lifespans over. Yep. You know, like at that point. Yep. That's why I think if if we had like MKX, that's a I love watching that game. If we had MKX team tournaments, holy crap, that game would yep. that would be kind of tight. I'm not gonna lie to you, that would be kind of tight. Yep. I definitely think more team stuff, more like even like something as simple as like doing doubles for like certain games like if you were to do like like the tag mode in like mk9 or in street yeah. fight across tekken 
Um, I even saw during Cobble Breaker they had a doubles bracket for the mystery tournament. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is which sounds insane. That is, but uh, like, but then like, the thing with the actual Street Fighter League was that they put bans on characters. So at that point in time, I think that was a like, oh yes, you don't want to see like eight Cephs, right? You don't right. want to see eight Cephs, right? Because we saw eight Cephs in Street Fighter in Seth Fighter League at the time, hmm. and um. But at the same time, you're handicapping your players because of that limitation. Because at mm -hmm. that point, people only had one character, and you were forcing them to play different characters. Right. Which, which, in a competitor standpoint, right? Like, yeah, you would want to have a pocket character for your bad matchups. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you got people who play, who only play the one character, or they yep. may have a side character just that they play with for fun. Yep. the The classic example being Idom Season One. Or part yep. one of season one, I guess, when we didn't have Poison yet. This was, like, pre-Evo of that year. So we had to learn Birdie on the side. Yeah, and th th that limitation right there should not be forced, you know. It should be, like, okay, if, you know, you play your you play at your strongest because you're just nerfing. Because, like, you're, you're, you're getting rid of one character. You're getting rid of one player, essentially. Right. But if you come out, like, like I said, let's say Idom, like, we're in today, like... We say, let's say Idom goes up and beats, let's say, I don't know, Stupendous or something, right? So he goes up and beats Stupendous. But then he runs into, let's say, Art. You know, he's not going to pick Laura. I mean, he would pick Laura, right? But, I mean, let's say he runs into someone else. He beats Art. He beats, let's say he runs into fucking Stack, Akuma. He picked Poison. Then you're like, okay, now we're seeing the switch, you see? Because now you're seeing blah, 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 blah. Yep. But, for, like, but forcing them to play that one character or banning that character uh, a character for like the bad matchups it's, it's kind of it's kind of not a good idea but you know but especially at that time because like no one had second i'm not saying no one had secondaries but it's like you know we were in a volatile kind of season anyway mm -hmm. and then seth right seth was yep. strong so everyone had a pocket seth right so it's either so it's either you deal with you deal with their main or you ban seth right mm -hmm. so it's like i don't i don't i personally don't like that dynamic about street fighter league i'm so glad they didn't do it for amateur street fighter league because that would have been trash yeah they definitely use the uh, the other team leagues to kind of experiment with the team format just a little bit right but i think just having the option of like okay who was the who was he going to use because now everyone has a side character at this point everyone has a pocket a, a pocket luke at this point like we all know we all know we're cheating, but um, just team tournaments are such a different breadth of life into a 1v1 kind of thing. Because like I said, you're up there by yourself. You're playing the game on your own, but you have people in your corner saying, you can do it, do this, do that, do this, do that. And you have your community also aside of you cheering you on or hoping you do good. Yeah. So yeah, just, just to round things out, um, you are a father. <laughs> Yes, I am. So, so ha has the next generation of the Vitality line shown an interest in fighting games? And how does that look so far? Uh, yes. Um, Amber likes to play MK. Amber likes to play MK. Uh, she does play Street Fighter with me at times. She plays uh, Laura, uh, which is funny. Um, <laughs> always haunted. Uh -huh. Always haunted by Laura. 
when Tristan, he doesn't really play fighting games, but when he does play Street Fighter, I'm nervous. I'm really <laughs> nervous. You want to know why? Does he also? Does he also play Jury? No, he doesn't play Jury. I'll give you two more guesses. Oh God! Uh, well, based on who we who we talked about so far, it's gotta be like maybe a bison or like mm, bison. Can't be Luke. It just can't it's be. Not, no, it's not Luke. No, it's not Luke. He's play. He gravitated to Geef. Yeah. Why why are we training the next generation of fighting game players to play grapplers? <laughs> They're the future, man. I don't know what it it's is. It's Harper. It's <laughs> That's why Harper did gravitate. That's why Harper did gravitate to Geek too. Oh my god. Uh, I don't, know. don't know what it is about big sweaty men in spandex. Uh I think I think my two strongs kids also move into grapplers. Oh god. Dogs here. But um, Tristan, like, he plays, he also plays, like, when we go to the arcade, he runs straight to Akatsuki, which is weird. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen my tweet when we were playing one day, but he hit me with a frame trap, and I was kind of pissed. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> like, I know he did it on accident, but, like, he did, he did, like, he did, like, like 5B. Like, no, he did, yeah, he did, like, he did, like, 5A into Crouch B. Or did, no, and, and, no, he did like five. Yeah, he did like five A into two B, like as like a round finishing stagger. Like he delayed the shit out of it too. And I was like, all right, I'm a press KO. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, wait a minute. Like, um, no, that's not how this works. And I'm like, what are you, like, what are you doing, bro? And uh, uh, yeah, Amber also likes Tekken too. She plays um, I want to say Master Raven. Mm. Don't remember. She's been a while since she's played Masters, but she uh, in MK she plays Katana. But yeah, so they 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 like like they like playing fighting games with me and with each other. But um, we'll wait and see. Like you know, I started playing fighting games since I was four. Amber's ten. Tristan's seven. So we'll we'll, we'll see. You know, they do support me when I play. Like when they see me on stream or in the time, they're like, "Oh my god, you know, you're playing." Yeah. And uh, sometimes Tristan is like, "Uh, yeah." Uh, I'm gonna press this button while you're trying to do a game-winning combo, and I'm like, "All right, brother, like, leave me alone." <laughs> but yeah, they're uh, they've shown interest, but you know, not as much of an interest as I did because when I grew up, fighting games were basically like that was our that was me and my family's way of like playing together. You know, like we played T5, uh, played T Tekken Four, played everything basically that's all that's all i'm not gonna say that's all we had but right. when, when my cousin came over and my brother came over we uh that's what we played or when my uncle came over he brought tekken tag and uh that's when i learned how to play play tekken essentially i think i was the first one to learn how to juggle i played law i did back i did back one two one and then i did like three four three that was like that was like the that was like the vitality baby combo <laughs> in tekken tag one and uh that's 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 what I would do, and I think I actually. Oh, speaking of Tekken Four, I, uh, we all know about Jin's just frame laser scraper. Yes. So when I learned how to lab, right, I started using training mode as like to like practice combos. So I like combos because it's like I see a number go up, it goes boo, yep. you know. So then when I learned, I learned I was like, okay, he has this blue move. Let me see if I can stop it 
like, let me see if I can make it come out faster. Like, just to see if I can just make, like, if I see one blue spark and just let go. I accidentally learned how to do just frame maze and scraper. Mm. So then when I come back and find out years later that that was an actual thing, I'm like, because I didn't know, I didn't, because I didn't know it was unblockable, right? Right. I just thought, you know, whatever. Because normally if it says unblockable for Tekken, it just has the exclamation point. I'm thinking it's just like, oh, heavy hit. So now that I know what it means, I'm like, okay, so it is unblockable. But then when I seen people were actively using it, I'm like, oh, I was broken. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I learned, I learned something all on my own because I just wanted to see if I can get it out faster, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like that shit was, I'm like, because no, people will take their fighting game skills and go forward, right? right? They don't go backwards, right? you know? So like I think that's a good thing too. If you learn how to play, if you if you come into the FGC and you get better as a player, go back to those games you used to play. You'll feel a lot. You'll appreciate them more mm-hmm. because then you're like, oh, okay, this is how this game played. Oh, this is how this game played. Because right. I went back, I went back and played T five, and after after knowing how to Korean backdash, brother, I was on skates. I'm like, oh my god, this feels so good. I'm like Tekken Seven sucks. I was like, why are we playing this game? But no, it's just. It, it's just jokes, but yeah, but like I, I want them like my kids since we're going back on topic. I want them to um to play fighting games. I kind of want them to get into the FGC, but at the same time, as a parent, I want them to do what they want to do. You never want to just impose sh- stuff on your kids. You don't want right. to, because then they'll do something they don't like. Right. So like right now, Amber wants to play soccer. You know that's what she's gonna, and that's what she wants to do. So I'm gonna let her play soccer. If she wants to play video games, sure. Tristan wants to, fucking, I don't know, be Tristan. I don't I actually don't know what he wants to do. He does, he does like indulge in YouTube content. So, like you know, like the Markipliers or the, you know, the FGTVs. So he may end up wanting to be. A content creator or just you know a gamer who just likes watching people play games or you know stuff like that so when he gets there like hey can i get a three thousand dollar computer with a 4090 i'm like no but you can get this 2080 <laughs> i got you know but <laughs> i think it still works <laughs> i'm pretty sure it still works <laughs> but stuff like that like i'll wait to see what they want to do because like i said when we i've taken amber to locals and she's competed it's it was pretty funny she got a she got a game off my friend because they happened to meet up in bracket so as she was like she like he let her win but i was like as she was winning i'm like oh she whooping your ass oh get a boop 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 like damn i'm just talking bad shit but like that's, that's the kind of support you want like if you want you know your kids to be doing what you're doing you have to support them and what they also want to do for themselves so if they don't want to they want to play fighting games Lucky, we can play fighting games together as a family because that's what I did, right. and that's how I got in here in the first place. Because, like I said, I brought up my dad a lot. My dad was very good at fighting games. He played. He was one of those I play by feel kind of guys. Mm. Really, really good at MK. He like he knew like glitch jabs and like some like combos with Scorpion. Yeah, my dad was a beast. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a beast. Like he like he like he knew how to like like. And he, he, you know how back in the day they would say priority. Yeah. He knew about all that shit. He knew about the like the how DPS were invincible, but he did. He, he just said, "Oh, that that just beats that just beats the Hadoken. That has more priority over Hadoken." Oh snap! <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. Like my my dad is kind of like I wouldn't say he's the reason, 
I'm in the FGC, but he's the reason I like fighting games. Mm -hmm. So then come Street Fighter 4, me and my cousin, we played that game heavy online because, you know, now we don't have to be next to each other. Right. So he's the reason I'm in the FGC because I wanted, he was that next person I wanted to beat. Right. So now he's like, my dad seeing me play fighting games. He's like, yeah, now nah, I see you out here. Mate. You're, you're doing your thing. You're making money on the, on the streaming thing. I told you to start doing that. You know, old, old niggas. I'm like, I told you to start doing that shit earlier. Blah, 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 this, that, and a third. And my cousin's like, man, like I used to beat you up now. Like now, because my cousin was really good too. He played again. Like he knew mix-ups. Like he didn't know frame data. Okay. But he knew like how the game, he knew how the game played. He knew like what a frame trap was. He knew like how to focus attack. He knew like sham combos. Shit was kind of ridiculous. But then he was like, yeah, I used to beat you, or we used to go back and forth. Now I can't even touch you. I'm afraid to play you. Nice. You know? But again, the fan, like, the reason why fighting games are so near and dear to me since we're talking about family is because of that. It's because of my family. My family owned a bowling alley. And, uh, like, my like uh, my, my mom's side, their grand, my grandparents, they owned a bowling alley. And Soul Edge version B was uh, in, like, the little back arcade room. And uh, that's where I, I spent all my... Every time I was up there, I would throw a quarter in there, play. And I think that's where, like, my love for fighting games came from was because of Soul Edge being in my family's... See? So I'll come back together in my yep. family's bowling alley. Then I go home and play my family in console games. Later on, I would learn how to beat my cousin because I learned, like, a guy mix up or a guy set up. And then that's what taught me, you know, how to adapt and stuff my dad taught me not taught me but forced me to lab maxi and soul caliber 2 and um now here here i am and if my kids want to play fighting games that's what they want to do we'll play together and they will learn just like me like we play together first if that's what they want to do you know we learn together first and then they'll jump they'll go into it in the same kind of direction that i did like not just naturally but uh, if that's not what they want to do I'm not gonna force them to hey hit these buttons. No, don't do that. Because that's not that's not good. But uh I want them to learn learn fighting games if they want to, or anything they want as organic as possible. I want it to be fun first. Cause to be fair, fighting games are still fun to me, but I think I've forgotten what it's like to be that kid that is learning how to play. Because mm -hmm. we all we all have that honeymoon phase when a new game comes out, we're learning, we're going, we're finding the gold rush to find all the tech, yep. all stuff, that's good. But then when we get to, we all get to the point as competitors, or just FGC in general, we get to that point where like, man, now we're getting to the point where the meta is starting to get defined. We're yep. thinking of it like that, like the meta is getting defined versus, hey, I'm just going to do this really fast blue spark laser scraper, this punch, punch, punch from Jin, and yep. I'm just going to hit you with one, two, three, and that's just how that works. We just break it down right. to a science. Mm -hmm. And now it's like we're, I'm kind of forgot how to be that kid, which is not a bad thing because of it. You grow out, you grow older as a competitor or anything. Eventually, you're just gonna start, you're just gonna start skipping steps, right? Because you're there's no need to go through that anymore, right? But uh, like I said, if, if that's what the if that's what the kids want to do, I'll let them. If they don't, fuck it. And he's just not gonna frame. He's just not gonna delay stagger me in Akatsuki again. What the fuck? <laughs> Then the cycle repeats. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to thank you for your time. This has been a, a really nice interview. Just kind of like get a little bit more context into Ohio's toxic feet loving jury player. 
Can you stop calling me? I can I can take the Ohio toxic. Can you take the feet loving out, please? God, don't hit me in with this, please. <laughs> I know it comes with the territory, but Jesus, come on, bro. You play a character with kicks. That's it's just, it's just the territory. We don't. Like, okay, so, we, so, we don't. We so, don't. So, we don't have the statue in frame either, which is very unfortunate. Oh yeah, this, yeah, the statue was downstairs. I'm mad that shit broke. I'm so upset. It broke. Tristan was running in and out of the room. It was on my dresser, and he bumped it, and all I heard was, I'm like, there's no shot. It's still fine, but her arm's fucked. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fucked. I, I'm surprised I even fell. That thing was, you said that thing was pretty freaking heavy. It is heavy, but this dresser is wobbly. Oh, uh, yeah. See, you, see, yeah. you gotta go to, you gotta go to Ikea. Get yourself a new dresser. Uh, yeah, I should. I should actually get me, like, a, um little stand like a little shoe stand or something and start putting stuff on that i have but uh hey you gotta use that you gotta use that uh that fgc twitch money and get yourself a new dresser oh my okay okay pops all right god i hate that's the funny thing too i love telling i like i like it when i tell my family yeah i make money playing video games and fighting games all of a sudden i'm like oh hey i borrowed 200 dollars. i'm like what do you mean like, oh, i'm not like that wait a minute like guy. <laughs> I'm barely winning out of here. I got a pool. That doesn't mean I'm making money. I'm still net negative on this trip. Hey, I'm, I'm still net negative. What do you mean? <laughs> I, got better, I got a better number, but I'm not winning anything. I don't have any money. <laughs> We're not like these big YouTubers boxing each other for money. And it's like, yeah. Boxing each other for money. Sock and rock. Sock and rock and roll. That, 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 that is like a thing that's been going on in like the... The, like the YouTuber and even like the TikTok space of just like creators just like boxing each other for charity and stuff. If you were the if you were to box someone in the FGC, who would you choose and why? What? Oh wait, I feel like this is a call out. Wait, I'm not gonna answer this. I'm not gonna <laughs> box, any, box anyone. Now I can tell you who I I can tell you who I won't box. I can tell you. You say just in the FGC or just in Ohio or just in Ohio? In the FGC. Uh, I I'm uh, I, I'm just be real. I am not boxing Hitman. I'm not. No, I'm actually, not, hell no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, I've seen Bro. that man box. You do not want to do Bro, that. I've seen, I've, I've seen, I'm like, there's no shot. I'm like, nah, I'm done. Cooked. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Hitman is a G. <laughs> oh uh. man. All right, so where 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 can the people find Mr. Ultimate Vitality? Because your name is different everywhere. It's the same. Well, it's just the one. It's just the Twitter. It's just the Twitter that's different. And anyway, Twitch, technically, fair, whatever. <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Quasi, uh, D A R E A L Q U A Z I. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at AL underscore Ultimate Vitality. You can follow me on, subscribe to me on YouTube uh, at Ultimate Vitality. Um, pretty sure that's about many. That's all I really have in terms of socials go. Um, I have a merch store that you could that you could buy merch from if you guys want. Again, I don't really, I don't really shill it. It's just there that it exists. I also, since you are here, I did do this earlier before the podcast. I was going to do this before uh, before I started streaming. Uh, I'm running a summer sale until about September where I think the um, hoodies and stuff are like going to be like $13 off. Uh, so you can follow the store at uh, Merch. 
www.streamelements.com slash al underscore ultimate vitality and i have uh blankets i have now bucket hats uh <clears throat> shirt i have two kind of design shirts two design uh, two designs hoodies um tank tops are back up and stickers two designs of uh coffee mugs and uh i think you guys should get the blanket the blanket is probably the, it's the most expensive thing but that blanket is really comfortable. It's not big. It's not long. Not like a comforter. It's like a minky yeah. kind of blanket. It's yeah. really good. I love it. Love it. But uh, that's about everything else I can chill for. Uh, but yeah, follow Pretzels because that's the homie. And uh, I need you guys to uh, flood his comments with uh, stop doing jump in, jab, throw. So I'll do another thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the ex dragon punch podcast i have been shallon pretzels joined by my guests mr ultimate vitality and i will see you guys in the next episode see you